are listening to the Heavy Metal Hangover, where the beer is always cold and the music is always heavy. With your hosts wearing jeans and leather, not Cracker Jack clothes, Rex and Duff. Welcome to another episode of the Heavy Metal Hangover. My name is Duff. My name is Rex. And I got to tell you in full disclosure, we just recorded the last nine minutes and, and, and a, a program crashed, so we're doing this again. And <laughs> frankly, I don't think anybody listening to this show deserves... Like, I don't like you enough to have to repeat myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, I like you, but not that much. Like, I don't want to... Come on, I'm really going to repeat myself for these ass clowns? Fine. Anyway, um, well, so welcome back. Um, I, you know, the first time we recorded this, we always, we never go back and like redo stuff, but this one, it actually like, you know, died. Was necessary. So we have to. Yeah, it was necessary. <laughs> oh man. Uh, uh sorry. I oh, thought man. about a friend of oh, ours. Oh man. <laughs> no, I thought about a friend of ours in high school. <laughs> you know what's necessary? Never mind. We, we won't, we won't go there. Um, the first time we started recording this, I was talking about how last week we were three sheets to the wind. Um, where I mean, Rex was Rex was drinking Everclear. He was three sheets to the wind, man. He was gone. I was yeah. I was I was I was right there on the line. You know what I mean? I was I was tiptoeing the line <laughs> between sober and not sober. Like I was tiptoeing enough that I stubbed my toe on it. Like it was right there. Was one of right our listeners there. was like, "What well, we had a good time, asked- man, I gotta, man." I'm I'm telling you, I was so glad we did that last week. <laughs> Um, One of our listeners asked just, me a question about something that happened during the show, and I was like, I, I have no idea. <laughs> they were like, hey, bro, like, remember when you said this? And I was like, no. <laughs> no, Seriously, no, a, fr- I don't. a friend of mine did the same thing. He's like, hey, do you remember? No. no. But you know what? You know what's funny? The no- Like, my phone has been blowing up for a week because of last week's episode. Have I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't tell you this, did I? No. Like, I have been contacted directly by, like, 25 people about something I said last week. <laughs> I have never, in the history of this show, had more people reach out to me over something I said. That, that's like, <laughs> seriously? Did you know this? <laughs> I got, like, 25 text messages. How, you, know, you know what the text messages were? Um, do I want to know? How did you not remember it was called a Merkin? Constantly. The, the, the you know, the the... The, the the crotch wig, we were talking. I don't even know if oh, you remember. Yeah, I would. We were talking that. about crotch wigs, like in 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 uh, Boogie Nights. They'll have I didn't a know twenty five people actually listen to I the show. It was called. I couldn't think. I I, I uh, what? Hold on. <laughs> I didn't even know twenty five people actually listen to the show. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was at uh, our 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 recording program was being weird. My apologies. Um, We're having so all kinds of technical difficulties tonight. Maybe I should break we, out the we, Everclear. We are really not. We, we really. Go get the Everclear. So I apologize <laughs> if, the, if the last minute or two of the show was a little weird. Let me just clarify. I'm, if I'm repeating myself, I'm sorry. But seriously, I got like 25 text messages. It's like, dude, how did you not know it was called a Merkin? And I'm like, I knew it was called a Merkin. I forgot the word. And then, I went, and then I'm like, well, screw it at this point. You know, a crotch wig sounds fine to me. Um, but I'll say I've never in the history of the show gotten that much feedback directly to me. Like people are like, I looked you up on Facebook just so I could find you and tell you what's called a Merkin. I'm like, I, I know I forgot I was drinking. 
<laughs> yes. Normally, I'm I'm the level of pervert that no Have matter how much I drink. Are you drunk? What's that? Have you Are been you drinking? No. Are you drunk? Are you drunk? Psh. Psh. Have you been drinking? No. Are you drunk? Psh. How oh, many man. have you had? Who nobody's counting. <laughs> man, Days of Confused is great. Um, so anyway, yeah, it was constant. It was like, it's called a merkin. I'm like, dude, I know what it's called. Though, let's be fair, a real woman wouldn't have to use a fake one. But that's besides the point. Ooh. It's besides the point. Let's just, let's move on. Let's move on. You know what I mean? Like, I want circa 1992 Playboy. I don't need, but anyway. I don't need the 2002 Let's Shave It movement. There's some things that are I'm glad are gone. Anyway, moving on. Um, I did. I had a really, I had a lot of fun last week. I'm glad we talked about Airheads. Uh, it was a good time. I had some people say it was like we we were getting close to old the heavy metal hangover. I don't think we got to old heavy metal hangover, but we were getting there. You know, and 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 again, I, I tell people all the time about the show. The show started off kind of boring. Then it got funny. Then it got kind of off the rails. We're trying now to find a happy place in the middle. And some episodes are a little more serious and conversational. Some are a little more funny. Last week was definitely on the let's get drunk and have a good time side. So that's fine. You know what I mean? Like, dude, every once in a while, I got to whip out the catchphrases, you know? Excuse me while I whip this out. Excuse me while I whip this out. Which is interesting that you said that because it's literally what I named this episode in our show notes. Did you see that? Yes. I okay, did good. see it, but that's not why I said it. I would no, have well, said it's it not why it's, it's not Well, well I, it, it's, you said it because it's awesome. Mm-hmm. But, well, the phrase, not what you're whipping up. Um, that is between you and whoever wants to see it, but, which I can't imagine is anybody. Unless, of course, they're watching Backdraft. Like, Excuse me while I whip this out. There, there are, you know, there were just loads of catchphrases that we've been said in a long time. You know, I haven't said, you know, yes, bone movies. We haven't said whip our skippy. Like it's, it's been a while since we've said some of the old stuff. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll trickle some of that stuff back in. But, you know, I am, I am, I'm just, I'm just glad we had a lot of fun last week. I have a feeling we're gonna have a little bit of fun this week. Except, um, we do have some, we have some good topics. I, I a couple of things I, I, I kind of want to talk about. A couple of things that I think we're gonna collectively have a lot of fun talking about. Um. But you know, why don't we jump right in? We don't have we don't have our own picks of the week because we did the the HMH challenge, which I like to jokingly call "You show me yours, I'll show you mine," or let's just call it "Let's play swords." But realistically, what it is is mm, I recommend a, a yeah no not no, not on this one no not, not in this uh, lifetime not this and that's not, not in a, this not in this life that's not a not in this lifetime in a Guns and Roses way it's in a not in this lifetime kind of way <laughs> yeah 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 Rex is gonna be reincarnated by a <laughs> he's gonna be reincarnated as a guy who likes to play swords <laughs> like what are you doing today playing swords <laughs> what do you want for lunch I don't know I'll be too busy playing swords <laughs> anyway 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 um what what we do is I recommend a, a, a record for Rex. Rex recommends a record to me. And again, if you're new to the show, this is still a new concept. We've only done this twice. Sometimes we're really trying to challenge each other. Like the the week one, I gave Rex, you know, the Black Halo by Camelot, which is one of my favorite records of all time. But the reason I gave him it was I was like, look, I know this is not on the surface in your wheelhouse. I don't think you're going to, like, neither one of us are going to purposely give each other a record we're not going to like. In fact, I will tell Rex at any point in time, if you're like, I really don't like this, like, turn it off. I'm not going to make you listen to it. And, you know, if, if, if Rex gives me something that I really just can't get through, fine. But the point with that was, I was like, hey, man, 
it's not your thing on the surface, but there's layers of stuff in here you're gonna like. I'm like, it's great songwriting. I think you'll like the 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 the, the concept of it. I said there's a lot of great riffs there. You know, the band was started in Tampa. Like, there's stuff in there you'll dig. You just, you know, it might not on the surface be your favorite thing. And, and you know, you're going to do that with me at some point. I know there's going to be some records you're going to throw at me and go, look, I know this ain't going to be your thing. You're not going to hate it. It's probably not going to be your thing. But there's a whole bunch of stuff you might like. Okay, cool. And sometimes it's just like, hey, man, uh, I kind of dig this record and you haven't listened to it. Uh, last week. No, we've done this three times. No, twice. Yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. I wasn't listening. But... It's a, a thing where you might give me, like, last week, you you gave me one, and you're just like, hey, man, you're going to really like this band. I just know you haven't got around. It was Night Demon. You're like, you're going to like Night Demon. You just haven't gotten around to listening to him. So listen to him. I was like, okay, cool. And I listened to Night Demon, and I loved every second of it. I gave you a Deicide record. Which I was like, dude, I know you're not really into Deicide, but this record, it's got Jack Owen on it. Like, throw the record away. It's Jack Owen. Like, you'll dig the guitar riffs. You know? And I'm like, yeah, it's the one Deicide record I really like. I like Deicide, but I'm like, yeah, man, it's the one I really like. I think it's the only record they ever put out that you might actually enjoy. Um, where and, and this week, I think it was Total Softballs. But so yeah, sometimes it might just be I'm into it. Sometimes it might just be we talk all the time about how we're not Eddie Trunk. We don't claim to know everything. And... There's just records we don't get around to. Night Demon, seriously, great example of a band that is totally up my alley in every way. The live album was amazing. It's the type of band that I would love. Just, I see so many records that come out, and I listen to so much that I just can't damn listen to all of it. And we're not going to go into all that. Like we, we talked about that at the old radio station, how that happened to both of us, and that's fine. But I do think this is a lot of fun that we do it, and I think it's fun because you and I, I mean, we've been best friends since 1996, we know we can generally predict if the other person's going to like or not like something. Every once in a while, we're like, eh, you might hate this. You might love it. It's kind of hard to tell. But at least we can kind of figure out something that will throw the other person a curveball, but in a way, like in a good way, not a screw with them way. Or just a, hey, man, I love this record. In my case, it was the last record I listened to, and I threw it at you going, you know what? This is awesome. I just listened to it last, and you, you might not, it won't be your favorite record of all time, but you're not going to hate it. Um, so, anyway, uh, why don't we start off? Okay, so the record you gave me, I'll, I'll go first this time. Um, the, the, the record you gave me um, is by the band Enforcer, and the record that you gave me is called Death by Fire uh, by the band Enforcer. So, I, I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. um, I, I mean, I know. At least I can listen to this and know, kind of. Well, okay, let's be fair. Uh, my feeling is you gave me this record because you think I'd like it. <laughs> you know, you're like, this is a band you really like. But here's mm -hmm. my question for you. Is there a reason specifically you picked this album or this band? Or, like, is it just, is it a specific album? Or is, is there something specific about this you wanted me to hear? Or is it just, it's just a band I'd like and it's just a record of theirs? You know what I mean? Is it just kind of general or is there a reason specifically? I would love to know. Uh, well, the band I, I knew you'd like and I knew this is one of those bands where, so there, this is one of those bands where I kind of felt like unless I forced you to listen to it, no matter how many times I told you you'd like it, you wouldn't listen to it. <laughs> I don't know, you know why. But it, it's well, just, it's you know, funny. And it's I, I so do that funny too, that we but... both, 
No, we both do it all the time. And it's normally not because I'm like, screw you, man. I'm not listening to your band. It's like, listen to your I crap. I forget, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm I listen forget. to you crap. <laughs> yeah, no, I do too. <laughs> um, no, and well, then, you know, half, not half Scottish, time I either crap, forget or you know I just I mean? don't have, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, half the time I either forget or I just don't have time or I'm listening to something else already and then I get distracted and I, I forget, you know, it's like, um, you know, I, I, I told you, like, I have a backlog of like 30 vinyl records to listen to and, uh, that I, that I haven't listened to yet and I've owned for a long time. So sometimes, you know, depending on what I'm doing. And, you know, other times it's like, you know, you put on background music, like maybe you're working or doing something and, you know, you're not going to really listen to it. You're just going to kind of have it on. Um, and, and when somebody recommends me something, and I've said this about our listener picks, um, you know, I don't like to just kind of put it on as background noise because I don't think that's giving it a fair shot. I, I like to actually listen to the stuff. So as far as why I picked this album by this band... Uh, well, really and truthfully, I this is probably my favorite album. I, mean, I think it, you know, and I think it's not their last one. I don't think it's their last one. I, I honestly can't remember if it's their last one. Um, it's from no, it's I, not I, definitely I, I, not. I was looking at it. Okay, yeah, I, I didn't think it it's was. it's an older one. Yeah, so, but actually, the songs on this I like. Now, the other song I really like is a song off of uh, their album from Beyond, called Destroyer. It's the first track off that album. And this, that's actually the track that introduced me to them. And actually, the way I found this band was um, I was watching. Uh, okay, so get this, right? Um, th I'm going to give you the long version of how I found this band. So I, I play hockey, I coached hockey, and I also skateboard. I'm not a good skateboarder. I'm terrible. I can't ollie. I cruise around. Sometimes I go in the skate park and I basically go do kick turns on ramps. And that, that's the extent of my skateboarding. I cruise around the park. Sometimes I street skate. I can't do tricks. I can't ollie. I can't, I can't, uh, I can't do, you know, 50 fifties. I can't do grinds. I can't do rock and rolls. I can't do anything fun. I basically just cruise around, but it's fun. It gets you outside. It's a little bit of exercise. Hey, you know what? I hate to say it. It's the same thing with me when I, when I, um, did, and not to interrupt, but it was exact. you know, it's the exact same thing with me when I did like a little hockey program recently, like, I can't do anything fun on a, on the ice. I, I I can't do anything fun on the ice. But not to say it's not enjoyable just doing the very few things that I can do. You yeah, know, I mean, like you you can't do the quote unquote fun stuff on a skateboard, but you're still skating and that alone is kind of fun. I'm that way on the ice. I can't do anything fun. Dude, man, I am if I me skating in a forward direction, I can do it, but I got to think about it put a stick and a puck in my hand i'm just like dude this is way this is way too much coordination for me like i just flat out i'm like nope this doesn't make any damn sense to me but i can still have fun e even just skating from and i, I dude I, I haven't skateboarded since i was a kid but dude, going in a straight line and skating across in a straight it's still fun yeah so i mean it's like so so I, i'm going so i'm going somewhere with this i promise i'm not just going to talk about my skateboarding so uh i just want whenever i say i skateboard you know, the first thing is do a kickflip, do an ollie, and I just want to, like, set this up. I'm not saying I am a skater. Like, I am not saying, like, oh, yeah, I'm out there doing rock and rolls and 50-50s and grinds and slashing the cope. And I'm, I'm literally saying, like, I can kick turn on ramps. I can cruise around. I'm just set, setting that out before people start calling me a poser or anything like that. I enjoy skateboarding. Uh, and Are you going to dispose what of those it is, who pose? Not because That's I'm good at it. Yeah, I'm gonna That's dispose what I need to know, of those. Though. Are you pose? gonna dispose? 
Yeah, um, gotta dispose of those so, who pose. So, uh, so I, I actually was coaching hockey, and when you coach hockey, I had to take this like all day clinic or like this. I, it was a Sunday too. I had to take this all day clinic, and I had to uh, in order to get certified because you have to be certified to coach hockey, especially youth hockey. Um, and they they showed this video of this guy on a skateboard. He had a motorhead skateboard. He was wearing a biker jacket, and he kept trying to do this trick over and over and over and over and over again. Long hair, like he was obviously a metalhead, right? And I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, skateboarding and metal used to go hand in hand. Like Anthrax, like James Hetfield used to skateboard. Kirk Hammett used to skateboard. Anthrax had a, a, a classic skateboard that Brand, Brand X skateboards like remade the old classic Anthrax skateboard. But if you if you look at like Scotty in like modern pictures, like he'll show him in his like guitar room or whatever, and the Anthrax skateboard is back behind him. Like a lot of thrash guys used to skate, you know, like that used to like skating and metal skateboarding and metal used to be like hand in hand, like punk rock and metal. It came from punk. You know, a lot of punks used to skateboard and stuff. So either way, you know, I saw this dude in metal. I'm like, dude, who is this dude? Like he's he was actually a really good skater. And I was interested. And I'm like, well, if he's a metalhead, I want to. So I found him. His name was in literally I, I searched and searched and searched and finally figured out who it was. It was Jerry Gurney. So, dude is still awesome. He has a he has a skateboard company called Mortuary Skateboards. Um, I re- I really want to get one of their decks. Um, and uh, either way, so he he were, he had a skate video, and the Enforcer's Destroyer was the song under the skate video where he you know he's doing all of his tricks and doing the ramps and the jumps and the boneless and you know whatever. And I that's how I found this band. I was like, wow, this song is awesome. So I I f- like searched for it and found it. That's how I found Enforcer. And, you know, I, I liked it. You know, it, it, it was enough old school where it wasn't like, wow, this is cool, but it's not my thing. Because I like some classic metal, but I'm not like all in on classic metal. You know, like I like Dio. I like Old Sabbath. I like a lot of that stuff. But I have a line where I'm like, OK, it's too power metal. You know, like it starts getting into too much power metal. Halloween is like my line. Um I like, you know, there's some stuff like Rhapsody. I like a few songs because they're ridiculous, but either way. So I found this anyways, like, but the album Death by Fire is actually the one is actually one I managed to get on vinyl because they're actually kind of hard to get on vinyl. Now, I think they did just repress Death by Fire, but I have their live album, too, which is really good. Um, And so this one's the one I listen to the most, but I love the songs like Take Me Out of This Nightmare. Satan's awesome. Death Rides This Night is awesome. Like I like Destroyer, but I think Death Rides This Night is is it's got that catchy hook in the chorus that need me, see me, feel me, move into the night. You know, like that that part, and it gets stuck in my head. So this album, you know, it's the one I've listened to the most. It's the one I'm the most familiar with, and it's 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 catchy as hell. Like it's got a lot of hooks in it, and I got figured hooks in you. It's got it gets it hooks in you, and I got I figured it was enough classic metal. That you wouldn't like, that you'd be interested in it, and it would catch your ear, but it still has, you know, it's got that like I don't know, I guess for lack of a better term, I'll use like the bullet belt sound, like where you hear this band and you're saying these guys are all playing and they're all wearing bullet belts while they play on stage, you know what I mean? Like, oh, no, no, dude, totally. So totally. So like that's the reason I chose the album. Like it wasn't like super well thought out. This was one of those bands where I'm like, dude, I guarantee if you listen to them, they just released a new album too, and the new album was my pick like two weeks ago, so they are on my mind. 
Um, their new album's pretty good too. Uh, the song Nostalgia is really, really cool. It's like a ballad almost. Um, but either way, so that's why I picked this album for you. Um, you know, I I like it a lot. It's like I said, it's got a. It's kind of like if you were to take speed metal and and I guess speed metal is really what it kind of is because it's kind of like that power metal, classic metal, but fast. So I guess maybe this is their. I don't. I don't. I don't know what they're officially called. Uh, you know what genre they officially fall into, but you know, classic metal, speed metal. I don't know, but either way, go, go ahead and give me your thoughts on it. What do you well, want? What so, do you want? so I mean, I, the, the thing about this band is you kind of, you kind of, you know, hit the nail on the head. I mean, the, well, okay, first impressions of the band. Here's what's interesting to me. I actually, this is going to sound a weird way to describe it, but if you listen to the first track, well, Death Rides, this, not the first track, but. Track two, the first song in the record. It's called Death Rides This Night. There is a ton of Doro in the way this guy sings. And I know that's a weird way to say it. it's like, well, Doro's a woman. I don't mean he sings like a woman, <laughs> but Doro doesn't sing like a woman. Doro sings like like uh, like, like a guy it's like Dio. You know, Doro's that kind of vocalist. She has a female voice, but the way she sings. She approaches vocals like 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 a like a guy would have in that era, you know. I mean, if you ever listen to Warlock, Warlock is just unbelievably great band. Um, so, first of all, let's get this out of the way. When I say I hear a lot of Doro in there, like I I I mean that as an absolute compliment. And for the record, if you've never listened to Warlock records, they're great. Like seriously, go listen to some old Warlock; they're incredible. But mm-hmm. I hear some of that in there. I hear a lot of Doomsday for the Deceiver Eric vocals in this. Lots of Jackson. I don't know why that that's what keeps coming in my head. But I keep hearing Eric Nutson from uh, Flotsam and Jetsam off that first record. Not It's, it's so one of my favorite Eric. records I don't listen to often enough. No, God, how many times have we talked about this, though? That Doomsday for the Deceiver is the greatest album you, we don't listen to enough. That, dude, I mean, we've both said this. Every time you, you drop the needle on that record, you're like, why do I not listen to this every day? This album is so totally. good. It is so good. It's not a kind of good record. It's legitimately one of the best thrash metal albums of all time. I am not saying Flotsam and Jetsam deserves to be on the list of greatest thrash metal bands of all time. I'm saying that record should they be. They should be in the big four instead of Anthrax. But oh, I'm serious. <laughs> if you made top ten greatest classic thrash metal albums of all time, that's got to be on there. I, I, and anybody who thinks I'm full of crap, listen to the damn record. Just go listen to, to, to Doomsday or the Deceiver and tell me it's not seriously on the level with some of the, with some of the all-time great thrash records. But moving on, I hear a little bit of Doro and a little bit of Eric. But again, that's just what I'm hearing. There are. Like, okay, there's a song called Crystal Sweet. It's the sixth track on this record. Dude, that is so Iron Maiden. Yeah. It 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 it, it gets close to plagiarism. It is so like I'm trying to remember what song it is. It's like I want to say it's the trooper. I don't remember. I'm, I'm trying to think what the song sounds like. Like I remember listening to the song. And go, oh my god! They just did the entire middle section of the trooper. I, I'm sorry if it's not the trooper. I'm, I'm blanking on what what the song sounds like. But I'm listening to it, going, oh my god! It's the same song in a different key, like that kind of thing. 
Um, and, and by the way, I don't mean this. I'm not knocking the song. I'm drawing a comparison that Crystal Sweet is so Iron Maiden, it's ridiculous. At least music, at least the, the, the passages of the song are so Iron Maiden, it could be on an Iron Maiden record. Then you have a song like Take Me Out of This Nightmare, which is loads of like really awesome triplets. And I know Iron Maiden does triplets, but whereas Crystal Sweet has the bass triplets and like the guitar harmonies, Take Me Out of This Nightmare is just awesome triplet guitar riffs. I think it's great, you know, and then Death Rides This Night is a little more straightforward, thrashy. I don't know exactly how to put it, um, but it's great. No, I mean, I really did. I liked this record a lot. I <laughs> love the vocals. Um, it's like I said, bullet belt metal. No, it's bullet belt metal. It seriously is. Like, this is a band who listened to way too much Doro. Or, I mean, whatever. I don't know exactly who they listen Warlock, to. Warlock, Dorlo, Maiden. No, I would say listen to, old, listen to old Warlock. And by the way, actually, I'm just going to, seriously, and I, and, I, and I mean to, I don't mean to, you know, just harp on this too much. But get a record like Burning the Witches or Triumph and Agony by Warlock. And, dude, it'll shake your nuts in 17 different directions. It's an awesome record. And honestly, like, like even for you, I don't know how much like Warlock you've ever taken the time to listen to, but like, if you like this band, if you like Enforcer, and you sat down and listened to the first uh, Warlock record, you'd go, "Oh yeah, it's it." They're kind of right there with it, you know. Like you could put this and that record next to each other and go, "Yeah." I mean, I get it; they're recorded decades apart, but yeah, you you could line them up next to each other and go, "Yep, this is cool." You know, and I'm not I'm not saying your next pick should be Warlock, but I mean it. So yeah, dude, this is awesome. I'm glad you. I, and dude, I know this is a band you've thrown at me a hundred times, and it's one of those like, dude, you never mean to. You don't you don't purposely not listen to it. I just was like, damn it! I actually looked in my iTunes because I thought I had it. I was like, wait, I don't have that. It's weird. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. So, uh, so that's my uh, dude. A total ten out of ten, five out of five, whatever. These, it's a total D cups. Like this is a, you know what I mean? Like this, this is two handfuls. Dude, two handfuls. Bull crap. <laughs> um, swear so, to God, two handfuls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, seriously, this is this is two handfuls. I love it. I, I absolutely love it. I will. Uh, I look forward to listening to more of their music. Um, you know, it was it was kind of you know like this is a record that I would like anytime, but it was also it was kind of fitting this. I don't. know, It's kind of the right record this week. I, I'm glad this is the one you picked this week. It, it, it kind of worked. Um, so I will absolutely give my full, you know, heavy metal hangover Duff stamp of approval to check this record out. Um, seriously, like Enforcer, great. Um, go listen to Death by Fire by Enforcer. And Warlock. <laughs> when you're done, uh, you're probably going to go, it sounds nothing like Warlock. I don't know, man. In my head, when I listen to that, I listen to Burning the Witches by Warlock and then maybe like Doomsday for the Deceiver. I, I mesh them together in my head and they're awesome. And that's how I feel. So awesome. Yeah, I'm glad you did it. Um, the, so the one the one I recommended for you, I got to tell you, I was I was wrestling with some other records but I was I was like there's some there's some records that I need to put some thought into about like which one do I pick and which album like there are bands where I'm like eh, I gotta find the right like with, with with Camelot I really was working on being like I want to make sure I'm giving you the right record and the Black Halo was the right record 
whether or not it's your favorite Camelot record, not you, but everybody else's favorite Camelot record. Maybe it's Epica. There are, and I was even like, well, Epica's kind of the first, you know, whatever. But I was like, okay, look, I have one chance at Camelot for you to listen to it. It's going to be this one. At least it's the right record. Um, I have some records that I really want to recommend, but I'm overthinking and I really want to get it right. So I literally just tossed you the record that I had just listened to because I just love it. And I had I literally I just played it. And to to explain the record that I that I gave you is Bruce Dickinson's record, Tyranny of Souls. And again, I, I will explain why why I gave that to you. Um so I go back to uh man, it was late. It was like mid nineties, uh mid to late nineties. Anyway. So here we're sitting in, in, in the 90s, right? And I love Iron Maiden, but let's be fair. 1997, eh, uh, Iron Maiden, eh, I like the X Factor. I have defended the X Factor for what it is. I think there's a lot of deep cuts on it. But Iron Maiden had, Blue, had Blaze Bailey. We all know he couldn't sing any Iron Maiden song live that wasn't one of his. And even those he didn't do very well. I'm just being honest. I'm not putting down Blaze Bailey, but he was the wrong guy for Iron Maiden, and everybody knows it. The only people who don't know it are the people who are lying to themselves. It's just the truth. He's a great singer, not for Iron Maiden. It's just the truth. Hey, look, Paul Rogers is one of the greatest rock singers of all time. If you make the top ten greatest rock singers of all time and you don't put Paul Rogers on that list, you are missing out putting a guy who should be on the top ten. If you don't know who Paul Rogers is, you got to listen to the band bad company um that being said if you um if you you know blaze is i don't know but anyway um but at the time you've got iron maiden they put out three records in a row that were just not up to par whether or not you like no prayer for the dying and I like I like it for what it is, but it was just weak, man. <laughs> Adrian Smith left the band because they just put out they just did Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, and then he's like, "Dude, you want to go, rec- Steve? You want to record in your garage? Why?" And then they did No Prayer for the Dying, which is weak. Then they did Fear the Dark, which is weaker. And then they put out the X Factor, which again I will defend for what it is, but come on, dude. Five years earlier, you did Seven Son. Whatever you were doing, Seven Son of a Seven Son, and then you put out the X Factor. Come on, dude, this is not up to par. And then in '97, Bruce Dickinson. Now he had been doing some solo records. He teamed up with uh, with Roy Z, and he did Balls to Picasso, which is not a great record, but the song Tears for the Dragon is one of the best songs he ever re- ever did. Wasn't wasn't that album originally? Like I think I just stumbled across that. Wasn't it originally supposed to be called something else? Yeah, yeah, it was, and I'm blanking on what it was supposed to be. I'm blanking on the story because I'm recording, and I've seen it a hundred times. But yeah, because um, I remember I accidentally found it, like what it was supposed to be called. I don't remember. The, the, the record like, is not good, but it has the song "Tears of the Dragon" on it. Which, if you've never heard "Tears of the Dragon," it's one of Bruce Dickinson's best songs of his career, Iron Maiden included. If you're counting it from a Bruce Dickinson vocally singing it perspective. Tears of the Dragon is one of his best songs ever. That was it. That was What's it. That? It was 
the, it was supposed to be called Balls to Picasso, and it was actually supposed to be the artwork that was eventually on Stomp 442 by Anthrax. Oh, that's... And they, no, 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 you're right. That they is couldn't it. afford it. They couldn't afford the artwork, which is hilarious that Anthrax then could, because um, you don't normally think of Anthrax being richer than Bruce Dickinson. Um, and he, he was like, basically all they could afford was him writing balls to Picasso on a bathroom wall. Yeah, dude, it's the worst cover ever. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, it's not a great record, but Tears of the Dragon is an amazing song. But in 97, Bruce Dickinson and Roisey again, who's, who he's going to work with, and I'll, I'll explain. I'm going to give this kind of a long explanation, but it's fine. Bruce Dickinson... Stays with Roy Z, who he'd been working with from Tribe of Gypsies was his band. Um, and Adrian Smith comes back and does a, a, does Bruce Dickinson's solo album in 97 called Accident of Birth. Iron Maiden is out there putting out the X Factor and, you know, like Virtual 11. At the, we're getting close to Virtual 11 at this point, or I remember when it came out. Roughly, let's say X Factor and Virtual 11 and then Bruce Dickinson gets Adrian Smith back and puts out a record called Accident of Birth, which was like, sucks to be Iron Maiden right now because Bruce Dickinson is making you look terrible. Accident of Birth, everybody was saying, dude, this is the best thing since, since Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. It's nothing like Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, but it was the first time you're like, oh my God, you're amazing. And that was Accident of Birth. Then after that, in 98, he puts out The Chemical Wedding right after it. Dude, The Chemical Wedding is dark and heavy as hell. They they literally used, they put bass strings on the guitars to record certain parts to get it so heavy. I don't mean like super low tuned. I just mean like it's crazy how heavy that record is. And it's dark. And it's like this is the first time when you're hearing Bruce Dickinson sing like Bruce Dickinson. Bruce did not change who he was as a vocalist, but instead of singing over bass triplets and guitar harmonies he's singing over heavy guitar riffs in simpler songs and i loved it and the, the chemical wedding is just straight up balls from start to finish and then he went back to iron maiden because i think iron maiden they uh, you know one of them rod smallwood or Bruce, someone had to be like dude he's kicking our ass right now same thing happened with judas priest Look, I, I'm a Tim Owens is a great vocalist. I, I, you'll never really, other than his stupid shadow boxing, I really don't say anything bad about Tim Owens. He's a talented guy. He's a great vocalist. I saw the first show that Tim Owens did with Iced Earth. I was in the front row. Guy's amazing. But let's be fair. I liked Jugulator, but it wasn't really like tearing up the charts. And Demolition was okay. But they weren't, Judas Priest was kind of, you know, they weren't going anywhere. And then Rob teams up with Roy Z, the same guy who did the Bruce Dickinson records, and he puts out Resurrection. And we have talked ad nauseum about how great that album is. Yeah, it is. You know, I know you love it. Rob Halford's Resurrection is the second coming of Painkiller. And I straight up mean that. If you are a fan of Painkiller, Halford's Resurrection is the other it's the other one. You know what I mean? It's so good. Well, anyway, so 
all of this happens, and, and, and it's kind of weird that I'm like, man, these records totally saved heavy metal because it got Halford back in Judas Priest, it got Bruce back in Iron Maiden, and everything was good again, and it took Roy Z to put out a couple of records and make those guys sound good again. By the way, side note, Roy Z also put out Sebastian Bach's Angel Down record, which is awesome as well, and probably the way better than you expect from Sebastian Bach. Anyway, blah, 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 blah. That leads us up to the record Tyranny of Souls, which came out in 2005. So Bruce had already gone back to Iron Maiden, who's doing his thing. Tyranny of Souls is my favorite album that Bruce did solo. Like, Accident of Birth, one of my favorite albums of all time. It would make probably my top 20. It changed my... It was one of those life-changing records. I love it. The Chemical Wedding is probably the best album Bruce did. It's probably the best one. It's the deepest and darkest and most like ugh, it's really really heavy heavy like musically but oh there's a lot going on there and it's a cool record tyranny of souls to me is just it's just a record that i could listen to every day it's pretty straightforward like where the chemical wedding was deeper and darker and everything this one's just kind of straightforward it's it's kind of like if bruce dickinson sang for a straightforward metal band you know what i mean he's not iron maiden straightforward metal it's some of my favorite writing I ever did. And so this is just a record I come back to a lot. So I gave it to you. I'm sorry to give you all the history, but I just wanted to build up to what this record was. But to me, this is just a record that I come back to. Again, almost every, with the exception of the acoustic song, like every track is like straightforward, heavy, like drop D straight up, like normal, just heavy guitars. And Bruce having his big vocals and a catchy hook in every song. And I just love it. And there's rumor, Bruce has said on tour recently that he's, there is a, there is the next record is going to happen. The next Bruce Dickinson solo record is going to happen. And if that's the case, like, I'm blowing my load right now. <laughs> so anyway, so anyway, that is my, you gave a story for yours. So that is my long ass story as to what this record is, why I love it so much. And, but admittedly, I picked it because I had just listened to it. That's why I love it. That's not why I picked it. I picked it because I was literally, I'd just been done playing it and went, well, this is cool. Listen to this one. Um, so I would I would really, so th I guess there's a lot of thought into why I love it, not a lot of thought into why I picked it, more than, with one exception, every song has a big heavy guitar riff. They're not complicated. Every song has a big heavy guitar riff, so if nothing else, I know you normally dig heavy guitar riffs, and clearly you like Iron Maiden at least enough to like Bruce Dickinson. So I'm like, eh, yeah, safe bet you won't hate this one. Anyway, let me shut up. I'll let you I – don't, I don't even know if you have – I mean, I didn't have all that much to say about Enforcer. I can't say you're going to have a lot to say about this record. But anyway, let me shut up and – go ahead. Make us all wiser. You know, um, the thing about this album that I noticed was it's – it's. I, I did enjoy it. I did, I did not – just like it. Um, the thing I noticed about this album is it's a little disjointed. Um, and what, and you're probably going to ask what I mean by that. There is a lot of different styles going on here. Um, and I'm trying to I, remember. I, and I totally agree with you, by the way. I'm trying to, like, I, you know, when I listen to this, like, so again, I, generally speaking, when I listen to an album, I do like to listen to the album front to back. I don't pay attention to the individual tracks. So I was at the mechanic. This, that's what you, you mentioned this week. You're like, hey, do you want to do another challenge or whatever? And I was like, sure. I'm like, I'm, I'm actually sitting at the mechanic right now. I'm, I'm waiting for my car to get an oil change. I've got probably about an hour and I'm not doing anything. I'm just stuck here. 
So I was like, yeah, go ahead. So I listened to this. So I, I literally put it on, kind of closed my eyes and like just sat in the mechanics place, like staring off into space. Um, so I didn't like sit there and like make notes or watch the tracks or watch, but yeah, I, well, um, I really, honestly, I didn't either. I really, with the one you gave me, I just kind of sat back and enjoyed it. That's really the extent yeah. of what I did. Well, that's what I mean. So by enjoy the, it, I mean, the, the reason, to it. the reason why I'm, I'm saying that is because look, if I don't say, Oh, on this track, blah, 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 on oh, that no, track, no. blah, blah, blah. So, but, and so what I'm saying, when I'm saying like, Oh, it's a little, it's, it's, I guess disjointed is not the the right word to use. That's that's not the right word to use. Um, it's eclectic is the right word to use. It's quite eclectic um, because there's there's an acoustic ballad on there. Um, Which is, by the way, straight, my favorite track on the album. There's straightforward heavy metal. He totally dives into industrial on this. Like there are songs where if you just had the music, you could have told me it was a Ministry or Nine Inch Nails song, and I would have believed you. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Like I, I never thought about it that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. I've never thought about it that way. I, I'm. I'm actually like. I turned it on in my headphones right now. Believable. Like if you listen to the beginning of that song, you could tell me that 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 is just like the the overtones and the the drums are quite electric. And then it goes into like that heavy. If you were to tell yeah, me no, that, I, I I don't disagree. I totally don't disagree. So like you know like so you know you go from heavy metal like straightforward heavy metal like and I I would re- compare it to Halford like and I'm not saying it sounds anything like no, Halford no, I, I agree with you well well I, and I will say this like like the album the Chemical Wedding is not that way the album the Chemical Wedding is like it's not a concept record but it feels like it's a do you know what I mean like that is a heavy this is a thing this record mm-hmm. is more just a collection of cool songs I I don't know if that's you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I'm saying this is more just a collection of cool songs as opposed yeah, so, to something like The Chemical Wedding, which is a full-on, like, hard thing. Well, yeah. So, I'm, I mean, it's not a criticism. And, and it, it, no, it's no, interesting I'm, I'm because – So, you know, it goes from – when I say Halford, I don't mean Halford like, oh, it sounds just like Halford. I no, mean I it's that style. Um, and then you go, you got the acoustic ballad, which is navigate the seas of the sun, right? Which I believe is, that's seriously, the one. Seriously, navigate the, I, the, the lyrics. I love them. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to, I'm not trying to cut you off. I love the song navigate the seas of the sun. I don't know why it's probably the worst song in the record. I love it. Um, but then you get to like a song, a song like believable. It turns it, like I said, it really takes an industrial turn. Um, now you could actually say that's a progression of the album and maybe it fits the, the title track. Or the track, not the title track, but the track of the, uh, the the song. But actually, you know, it's kind of funny because I really like the song "Believable," um, and and it has nothing to do. You know, I, I've I've always been a fan of industrial music. No, I'm I'm not a fan of electronic music, so I'm not sitting here going, ns, 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 you know, like I'm not a fan of that. But I am a fan of industrial, like that type of sound. Um, I, I did not like in the night and, and I'm not saying I didn't like that it happened. I'm saying I, I didn't get into the bands in the nineties, like orgy that tried to co-op that sound. Although I will say there, there are a couple orgy songs. Their cover well, of and, blue Monday is good. The song and, well, stitches and orgy, is good. Look, I'm not into orgy. Oh, no, their cover of blue Monday was awesome. Like I'm not into orgy either, but they're pretty awesome. I mean, but, yeah. but again, they're awesome at what they do. I don't have and, to like it. 
<laughs> they Rossum, just played a show and somebody's like, is anyone else surprised Orgy still exists? Didn't their main guy die, though? I have no idea. I, no, no, I'm pretty sure their vocalist died, which is probably... Um, I, I'm going to look it up, but I am damn positive their vocal... Well, I'm damn near either way. Their, either their vocalist way. died, which... Either way, so put a well. I guess why you're so, but I like I like industrial. So it was definitely here is definitely interesting hearing Bruce sing over a track that is very industrial sounding. Um, so yeah, I mean that's basically my opinion on the album. It's it's you know you've been trying to get me to listen to the Bruce Dickens and Soul albums, and I have listened to Accident of Birth. I have listened to Chemical Wedding. Um, I don't think I've ever listened to Tattooed Millionaire Balls Picasso or Skunk Works. You're not missing anything. Skunk Works, you're really not missing anything. Honestly, all your dude, you really want his cover of all the young dudes? No, the only reason you listen to those records at all is, uh, um, um, the uh, the one great song. There is one good song, Tears of the Dragon. The rest of it serves no purpose, and they're terrible. So, but yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, will it make its way into my regular rotation? No, but what did I enjoy listening to it? Yes, um, you know. Dickinson is is hit and miss with me. I like Iron Maiden, but even Iron Maiden, I am an Iron Maiden fan, but only up to a point. Um, and when I say that, I like all of their '80s albums. Uh, you know, up through up through Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, I like all of their '80s albums, even the ones with Paul. Um, you know, you you're a big well, fan I'm, of the. Dude, X- I'm not into punk. I'm not into like that kind of vocals or whatever. But I like the Paul records. They're yeah. not they're not the Iron Maiden that I go to. But I, uh, I like those but, records too. But you know, I I like you know the X Factors. Okay, you know the X Factors. Okay, I like I like uh, Sign of the Cross and and some of the songs on that. It's not one of my go to albums by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and then really and truthfully, from there on, I kind of go away until uh, you know, well, pretty much Virtual Eleven. I kind of forget exists. And that you know, and then I really really liked uh, a Brave New World. But then even after Brave New World, I kind of, I kind of, Maiden is a lot like Priest for me um, in terms of like my fandom or whatever you want to say, because I, I really like their classic stuff, really love Priest's classic stuff, like right up until Halford left after Painkiller. I don't hate uh, Jugulator. I don't hate Demolition, although Demolition is kind of like, I always forget it exists. But with the, like with oh, Halford, God. suckers, suckers. How well, do can, I, they actually, can I throw this out real quick though? Hmm. Uh, Jugulator does have it is it is well, kind of like Blaze Bailey's contribution to the history of Iron Maiden is the sign yeah. of the cross. It's the sign yeah. of the cross. I, I mean, I guess like you could say um, uh, it, it's uh, uh, it's uh, um, um, the Klansman, but. His version of it, no one cared about because it was terrible until Bruce sang it. But hey, the sign of the cross is his legitimate addition to the Iron Maiden world, right? It's the it's his one stamp of like, oh well, you know, that is pretty awesome. I think Tim Owens is great, but he has a stamp on the Judas Priest life to me, and it's the song Cathedral Spires. And anybody who's never heard it, holy crap! Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Put on the song Cathedral Spires by Judas Priest. It's amazing. With Cathedral Spires. Dude, it is so good. Anyway, continue. Just that song. Like, I love Jugulator, but that song 
I, just, I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> continue. Sorry. No, you I, were saying I've, like you kind of lose it at some point, and then basically at that point you're just like, eh. Except for firepower, which you love. Well, that's a, I, 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 you know, even when Halford came back, like uh, uh, Nostradamus, the very and, next day. You know, I, I don't. I don't I, I I those albums are okay Redeemer of Souls like yeah they're all right up until Firepower you know Judas Priest was kind of just like a throwback band for me um Firepower you know, was was the first actually, album I listened to where I was like holy crap and I almost dropped an S bomb I was like holy crap like they're they're still like alive there's still life in them um they're not well, just hey, like cuz I I considered Priest for the longest time not and I know a lot of people didn't, but I considered Priest for the longest time one of those bands that released album as re- released an album as an excuse to go on tour. Well, let me let me interject with this too. I felt the same way, and and okay, so let 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 let's clarify. Like I know that you were really into Painkiller, and I know you really liked. I mean, dude, I know like you're a huge fan of of Screaming for Vengeance, and I remember like you know it took you a while to really like dive into like stained class for example and they're like no, oh wow I, I like stained class the albums i have a problem with are albums like point of entry like no that- no, no no that's not my point i'm saying like it i just mean like over time it, it you you warmed up to their to that stuff a little bit later but on the other hand you're like i really like this stuff really i might really have- the only albums i i had that i needed warming up to were rockarola and like, like I said, like point of Which entry, I'm like I like the old pre because I mean, I, I grew up listening to that stuff. Like that's like, you know, uh, British Steel, all that stuff. Um, it, all, it all took I me a while is, to get into like the older, like older, older, like Rockarola. All I, yeah, I'm, I'm still not into Rockarola, but like what, what I will say about them, this is where I was going to trying to go with this was like, I know that I was a big fan of the, the 70s priest and the 80s. And I was a big fan of a lot of that stuff. But, dude, I kind of gave up on him after Jugulator. And I mean it, I did. And, and look, I would get the records, you know, and I'm listening to them, and I'm like, they're, I mean, okay. Like, could you listen to, I don't know. I, 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 I would I would listen to Angel of Retribution for, or Nostradamus. You know, I'd listen to Nostril Dumbass, for example, <laughs> Guar reference. And I thought they were good, but I they were f- so forgettable to me. That that's what they were. It's like, okay, you're old and you're putting on a record. Redeemer of Souls, you're old, you're uh, cool. Good job, guy. Redeemer of Souls is a good record, but I got to tell you, like dude, I totally didn't give a crap. Just didn't care. And then there's the old one one of the earliest notorious heavy metal hangover stories. Like one of the earliest stories in the lore of the first season of the heavy metal hangover was when you messaged me and told me I needed to listen to firepower because I had given up on Judas priest a long time ago. And you're like, you need to listen to firepower. It's amazing. I was like, okay. And I put on firepower and I get like three tracks into it. And I message you and go, this is ridiculous. I don't like anybody who's been around for a long time will remember me saying, <laughs> and I quote, this is ridiculous because firepower, <laughs> firepower blew me away. Like, man, very few bands in the history of, well, no, it was like Brave New World with Iron Maiden did that. I was like, oh my God, where the hell has this been for 
a decade. You know, like firepower. Oh, my God, where did that come from? Holy crap, dude, Andy Sneap, you are killing this damn thing. That It was that, dude, that, that record, oh, man, firepower is good. It's good. It's, I mean, I, I swear to God, like, firepower is the record after, to me, I, I mean, I, I just got done saying, like, Halford's record is. But, dude, in the world of Judas Priest, it goes painkiller. And then the next album after painkiller is firepower. Like, like, firepower came out in 1993 in my head. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like Judas Priest put out Painkiller. They went on tour and then, and then they just put out Firepower. Cause we, can we just pretend that happened 20 years ago and nothing else in between happened because it's so much better than everything else in between. That's all I'm getting at. I didn't mean to hijack that, but I, should, I, I get excited about that record. <laughs> I get a little excited. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I I don't know, like uh, I I think where I was going was I don't really remember where I was going. <laughs> I kind of lost track of my thoughts. It doesn't matter again. where you were going; it just matters how you um, got there. You know what I mean? So, anyways, you know, uh, I uh, Bruce's solo stuff. You know, again, it, it, it's right up there with Maiden, where I'm, I'm really kind of selective. Um, you know, I do so like the the title track to the Chemical Wedding is one of those songs that always gets stuck in my head. Um, oh, I this love that song. reminds me of something, and I can't remember what. Tyranny of Souls reminds me of something. The Chemical Wedding Day. That was I really. I, I the only reason I was like, I think you've heard that. Right? I mean, we used to play it on the radio. Yeah, I was I like, you've heard that. Tyranny of Souls. I just knew it was one you hadn't heard before. Like probably at least in a complete package. Um, so I just kind of went with it, but. Um, I, I and mean, I know why I love these records, I, um, but you know, it happens. Uh, so anyway, okay. Anything else you want to say? Because I there, there's there, there's uh, kind of something I, that comes with this that I want to move on. With. I lost I lost my train of thought, and I, I haven't fault. got it back. So I I I uh, I don't really have much else to say. That, <laughs> I kind of <laughs> forgot where I was going. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Um. So anyway, okay. So so let me let me throw this little thing out. Uh, sorry, Vinny. I don't mean throw your little thing out. You should probably throw it out though. But like, it's useless. Uh, so every woman that's ever met you has ever said. But so like, um, so here's my question. And 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 your pick of the the, the pick that you gave me made me think of this. And I'm gonna throw this on you first, and then we're gonna kind of go from there. So like. How do you feel about bands? Let me make sure that I'm not saying anything bad about Enforcer because I liked it a lot. So please do not take it as this conversation is putting down Enforcer because mm. that is not. The I'm not in the band. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just wanted to be clear that I liked Enforcer, so I'm not putting it down. But here's my question. Where is the line of being way, where is the line of being retro and where and, and where is the line of being like we show our influences and then when does it become just straight up derivative? When does it become could you try any harder to just be blank? You know, could you like these bands that are out now that are like we just want to be we want to do everything like we just want to sound like a thrash band from 1986. I don't think this band tried to sound like any one band. I think they sounded like a bunch. 
but I don't even know if I would narrow it down that closely. So maybe Enforcer is not the right band to use, and I don't want. And I'm, I'm glad of that. They just maybe think of that. Like, I don't know. Do, do you would you have do you have like an overall opinion of that? Like with, with the because it, it's a it happens a lot now. Oh, let me let me give you an example. You have a band like Airborne, who I don't think they're derivative per se. I think they're just kind of like all of the great big beer drinking arena rock metal thrown into you know what i mean they're they're not like we're trying to sound like one specific thing they're just kind of like all the beer drinking hard they're just kind of all of that thrown together and that's awesome they're just a band who's clearly drank a lot of beer and listened to rock music but then you have these bands that are and i used the example it was 15 years ago but i used the example of the band evile who put out the worst third record ever, but their first two were pretty awesome. They were pretty awesome. Man, did that band try hard to be 1986. They tried really hard. They basically took every riff off of, like, you know, Rain and Blood, Master of Puppets, you know. Uh, they, they, took, they took the big four and maybe a little testament and said, we're going to write a record that every riff is going to sound like one of those. Just exactly what it's going to be. Let's just lift every and, and dude, and I loved Evile. I'm not putting them down. So I don't like like how do you feel about that? Like like where 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 is it? I mean, is it just conditional? Is it just it works sometimes and not others? Is it I is it fake? Is um, it real? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm. I, I would say I would say that that the, the it depends. It's a case by case basis, and the reason I say that is because you know. Like, it depends. It depends on what the band's trying to accomplish. Um, you know, sometimes it is nice to have new music that sounds like it was written in that era. You know, thrash bands are doing it. I, I've talked a lot about the thing that annoys me. Um, the thing that annoys me about throwback bands has nothing to do with a band trying to do an old style because I mean, bands have been doing that forever. I mean. How many bands now try to sound like Black Sabbath? How many bands? There is even not not just in metal. Don't you remember? Remember, like in the I don't know if it was like what late nineties, early two thousands. How suddenly it was popular to like dress and play in a band like like back from the seventies. Like the Strokes were doing it. Like you had you had the Strokes, and dude, then you had um you had the band like the Darkness. Who yeah. was like, we're gonna no, no, and, and like you had the white stripes, and the white stripes weren't exactly, you know, so derivative. But yeah, no, 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 that was definitely a thing in the early two thousands. Yeah, like you, you, oh, you had to get your like nineteen authentic thrift store nineteen seventy five leather jacket, and you know, play like uh, and have the giant mutton chops with the shaggy hair, like you know, you had and and the 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 blue jean, you know, like it's. So I I think that that's a that's a trend in music uh, that that is far beyond heavy metal. Uh, I think metal falls falls to it. But what I will say, well, just well, no you, no you no more or less than it. any other genre, you know. You, you know you can you can take that out of it. That's totally fine. I just mean like well no, but I was gonna say though. Good. I was gonna say though. Sometimes it's it's nice. Like you look at a band like Steel Panther. You know, yes, I know they're a comedy band, but, yeah, but generally awesome. speaking, a, a song like 1987 has jokes in it, but it's a genuinely good song. It sounds like it was written in 1987, meaning meaning not, not quality-wise, but 
if you were to t- if if you had no idea who Steel Panther was and you were to say, yeah, this song came out in 1988, you'd probably believe it. You know what I mean? Like you'd probably believe it that oh yeah, like this guy's singing about last year. So the thing that annoys me though when you talk about throwback bands, it's I, not I'm, necessarily. I'm sorry I'm, do you mean like when I'm talking? Like I'm not trying to be a jerk. It's more no. Just like what what annoys me though is when you talk about throwback bands, it has nothing to do with like a band saying I want to sound like it's 1986 and write you know a, a thrash album that sounds. It's when they try to sound like it was recorded in 1986, because at mm. that point you're you're not. You're not trying to capture the feel because every single band that recorded an album in 1986, if you were to give them the option to have better quality, they would have taken it. it I mean, except for maybe black metal bands in the early 90s, well, which they purposely I, you know tried to sound like crap. Let me ask you this, though. On that note, I don't want to I don't I'm not trying to break your train of thought, but they all say that, right? They all say like, oh, if we could have done it differently, we would have. But my question is. Yeah, but like. Did, did the fact that it was done that way make it work the way it did? Do you know what I mean? Like that's a weird if, thing to think about too. If you were like, to record like, hey, the Jason Newstead said, you know, what would he have done? You know, how, does uh, when he was talking about the base on Injustice for All, he said what should have happened to the base on Justice for All is it should have been exactly like it was because that is what became that is what Injustice for All was. Going back and adding bass to it would have not been the record but, that sold all those copies. No, but here I, you know, and J- Newstead is ha- is right to entitled to his opinion. But I think what he meant by that was, you shouldn't change it now. Now, I I don't think if you would have turned up Jason's bass, it would have sold less copies. No, I know that because like, and that, that's the thing. Like, it, it, would Hellawaits be a worse album, or would Hellawaits have not been a better album if it didn't sound like Tom Araya was singing into a a trash can? With all the reverb, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we, we both read Brian Slagle's book and he both like every single one of those albums was recorded with not what they wanted to do, but what they could afford. Now, yes, that's a snapshot in time. And you can say, well, it plays into the whole like genre in terms of like the gorilla aspect of it and the DIY aspect of it and the. You know, oh well, you know, the, it 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 it's a snapshot in time of what the scene was like. Yes, absolutely. My point is not let's go back and fix them. My point is that I it, it's almost I don't want to say disingenuous, but it's it's it comes off as kind of poserish, and and I don't use that term poser. Like, look, if you found Metallica yesterday and you like Enter Sandman, and that's the only song you know, and you go out and buy a Metallica shirt. I don't care like if you you know if you can name two iron maiden songs and you know you 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 have one of their albums at home and that's the only you know and you you i don't care like i'm not sitting here trying to like you know i'm not sitting here doing a doing a you know trying to swing my balls around like that's not what i'm trying to do like when i took when i what i'm saying about poser was like it almost comes off like, dude, let's make this album sound like it was done in 1986. So, like, you know, we sound old we school like and Metallica authentic. Did with Rick Rubin. Well, it's trying too hard. Or what? You know Slayer what I mean? Like with Rick. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know, look, I'm not going to tell somebody how to do their art. If if their art is, dude, this this album needs to sound like it was recorded in 1986, and that's how I want to do it. Art. The problem is, like, when I hear an album like that, I'm just like, dude, like it's over. Like, give it up. Like 1986 is done. It happened. It's gone. Like 
you know, I, I don't know. And I guarantee people are going to be pissed at me for saying this because their favorite band released an album and it sounds like this and everything. I don't know. I just think it's dumb. Like, I, and again, I'm not saying every metal album needs to sound polished and, and like Bob Rock produced it. And I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying, like, I just don't understand because it's quite obvious when these bands go and they try to sound like, dude, I want that Hello 8 Slayer sound. Well, okay, you need to record your vocals like this, you know, and, and like, and all we need to have really Sorry, that was a good take. Throw that crap out. Yeah. Well, we need to record our guitars all thin. You know, we we need to record the guitars all thin and and make it sound like they're recorded on on a transistor radio. And could you could you do me a favor and forget that you know how to keep time? Could you just throw that out the window? Could you purposely not keep time? (laughs) We need your bass drum to slide across the floor as you're playing. Um, Could Gene Hoagland just hold your drum? Can Gene Hoagland hold your bass drum throughout the entire recording of the entire album? What you Um, can't do this sober drink more, you jackass. But I'm, I'm serious. So like you know. That's what I mean. Like, you know, those albums are a snapshot in time. Like, I don't understand. Like, my point is, instead of trying to, like, sound like a snapshot in time, like, live in, live in this time. Like, you know, like, I, I don't know. Like, I guess I'm probably not communicating exactly what I mean. Because, again, I'm not trying to tell anybody, well, you shouldn't sound like this and you shouldn't play like this and you shouldn't record like this. I'm just saying my opinion personally is... By trying to sound overly authentic, you actually sound less authentic. I guess that that's maybe what I'm trying to say. When you try to like overcompensate, when you're like, "Oh, it has to sound like it was recorded in the '80s," because otherwise people just aren't going to take us seriously. I'm like, I'm I'm more likely to take you seriously if like, dude, we're a thrash band here in 2023, not we're a thrash band in 2023, but we're trying to sound like we've been around since the '80s. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean. Can I? Okay, so this is a random. You know what I sometimes think? That booby. No. Like, here's what I sometimes think. Do you remember, like, when you were a kid and it was like. Maybe you Pepperidge were in Farms ninth, remembers. Yeah. Like, like everybody <laughs> listened to the show. Do you remember when you were in, like, ninth grade and it was Spirit Week at school and they were like, Thursday is 70s day? You know? Uh, and everybody oh. tried to pretend it was the 70s. Like, do you ever feel that way sometimes? That they're like, we're just going to dress up and pretend it's the 70s. And Well, I thought you were going to say Spirit agree, Week. Because sometimes it feels really authentic. Sometimes it feels like these are our influences. And sometimes it feels like a costume. Well, like a show. I, oh, oh, I, you know I, I just wanted to interject one thing here real quick. And I thought when you brought up Spirit Day, I thought you were going to tell everybody what we did on Spirit Day. <laughs> Skip school and go to Hooters. (laughs) Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. We we went to Hooters, and of course, our buddy JTS pretended it was his birthday. Which, come on, dude. Like, like you know know that every guy with a boner that walks into Hooters, I'm going to pretend it's my birthday because then they're going to shake them boobies, you know. But, dude, we were in high school. Like shaking them boobies. We skipped. Was all, I was like, "Oh, Spirit Day. That means all the kids go to the gym and pretend like they love their school." We're like, "Yeah, we'll be at Hooters." <laughs> we went to Hooters. We ate chicken wings and yep. we saw boobies. You know. And let's be fair, dude. Like I'm 40, and I will still go to Hooters and be like, "Oh my god, they're bouncing! Oh my god, they're ba- oh my god, they're bouncing!" You know. But dude, when you're 16, you know your reaction is, "Oh my god, they're bouncing!" It's the same reaction. You know. No. But but you're but right. It's, it's, it's the same reaction, but it's maybe more meaningful when you're 16. Yeah, now no, it's just 
now I now, mean you now you, now you can go down 16, to the street and see him without the shirt. Um, you, know, no, you, but, you know what the difference was when you're 16? You're like, man, I can't wait till the day that I can rub my face in those. And now that I'm 40, I go, man, I can't believe I went my whole life and I never ran my face. <laughs> But you know, uh, oh well. What I was gonna say okay. though is yeah yeah you know on the other hand I I see I don't know like I look fashion and all that other stuff. I will say this about metalheads, punks are the same thing. Punks are the same thing. It's a genre of people who dress like they don't who who actually give a lot of crap about dressing like they don't give a crap. So like you know, like punks are all like and maybe not all punks but. Punk as a fashion, like the whole idea was like, oh, just dress like, you know, look, dress like you don't care. But a lot of people put a lot of time and a lot of effort into dressing like they don't care. I mean, how long does it take to dye your entire head blue? You know what I mean? It's that's not I don't care. That's I'm going to spend four hours this weekend dyeing my hair blue and making it stand straight up. You know what I mean? So metals the same way in terms of. Well, I mean, let me put it this way. If a guy is standing in a metal show and he's wearing like khaki pants and a polo shirt and he's like all neat, but you're going to be like, what's that guy doing here? I mean, I mean, not everybody, but there's going to be a couple guys in the room who are like, what's he doing here? What, did somebody drag him to the show? And, it, you know, I always remember that scene in SLC Punk where they show Mike. He's the he's the dork like he's the nerd. He's got like horn rim glasses and he's always like wearing khakis and a polo shirt. And he's like, he looks like a total geek, but he's like the most legit guy in the entire scene. And he ends up being like the biggest psychopath out of all of them. Well, you know Um, what though? Like, like honestly, you know, my buddy that like, I have multiple fraternity brothers with the same first name. One of them. Hey, by the way, for my fraternity brother, you know who you are. I'm so happy to hear that medically everything is going fine. Please tell her I'm, you know, I'm so glad she's 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 out of the hospital and everything's great. Good, you know, love you, buddy. Um, but I have another fraternity brother with the same name, and for years he's who we call Slayer. Like he's the nerdiest looking. And hey, if you're listening, I love you too, buddy. He is the nerdiest <laughs> looking guy in the entire world, and the most like I'm gonna throw down in a pit for napalm death because I'm awesome, and I'm gonna get drunk and break things. <laughs> you know, like he is the most hardcore metal dude I've ever met in my life, and you would never. No, no, there is no way in the world you would ever pick that guy. So I mean, I love. I actually love when that happens. By the way, and by the way, it's not because of how he dresses. It's just you can't look at that guy and think, oh yeah. Oh yeah, he was but, he was he was drunk hitting people in an napalm death march. No, I just no, sorry, but, sorry, I love that stuff. But I mean, like I mean, like you know, but you know, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, metal has its own, like just like punk does, just like hip hop does. It has its own uniform. Like, when's the last time you saw? And I, I'm not trying to stereotype, but when's the last time you saw a rapper in a you know three piece suit? I mean, yes, it does happen, but I I mean, no. You got the you got the shirt and the chain gold chains and like you know the the baggy pants like that's you know that's that's the image metalheads you got the black t shirt with whatever band on the you know you and I were talking about album covers how if you look at the back of an album unless the band's gimmick is something like oh yeah we're all gonna wear sweater vests like that's our gimmick and that's gonna be it because there actually is some sort of like metalcore band that I guess all they wear is sweater vests on stage and that's like their thing. But I mean, generally speaking, you look at any thrash, death, doom, black metal where they don't wear costumes or and when I say costumes, that includes like, oh, we're all going to wear sweater vests. 
where it's just like they're they walk out and in theory in whatever they were wearing that day we talked about this on a previous episode we're like you look at the shirts and you can kind of get a feel for what the band's going to sound like based on what shirts they're wearing. Oh, that guy's wearing a Cannibal Corpse shirt. That guy's wearing a Deicide shirt. All right. You know what? This band may not sound like Cannibal Corpse or Deicide, but I understand where they're coming from. I'm probably going to like this. Just like if you turned over the record and one's wearing a Blink-182 shirt and one's wearing a, a like, I don't know, some 41 shirt, you're probably going to be like, Maybe I'll maybe I'll give it a shot, but you're probably gonna be like, yeah, I I, I know I, I I'm gonna have to take a risk on this one. Like this one's gonna be a risk. You could listen to it and it's like the greatest piece of metal ever recorded. You could listen to it and it's like, what the hell is this? You don't know. But that's what kind of the thing. Metalheads, you know, a lot of times we, what we wear is, and I don't want to turn this into a fashion conversation. But you know, you at you know, you talk about you know this kind of spun out of like the the whole like oh dress like it's 1985 again, you know things come in and out of fashion, and I'm not a big fashion person. I literally you can you can ask Duff. I literally wear the same thing, maybe not the exact same like article of clothing, but stylistically, if I have that, I literally wear the exact same thing today that I wore when I was 15 years old. Literally, literally, we both actually do. Like, oh, no, I mean, legitimately, like, I've, I have new socks and underwear, and most of my jeans have, you know, I've outfatted my jeans, but, dude, half my T-shirts in my, in my, um, in my closet are the same I ones. Just, I just remember there'd be a, a couple pairs of jeans you own where you just wouldn't button them. <laughs> what's the point? No, I was, I was like, because you know what's funny? I always joke around with you that the guy in the back of Cold Lake... <laughs> I'm like, dude, that'd be you. Your pants would be undone, unbuttoned and unzipped. And you'd just walk around like that. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, I, I'm still wearing, you know, camouflage, you know, BDU pants and a black T-shirt, heavy metal T-shirt. Um, You know, I the whole point in us saying this is, you know, things come in and out of style, whatever. And But I don't think heavy metal fashion has changed all that much. I mean, I think things have been brought in, but dude, Scott Ian was wearing camouflage pants back in 1985 when he was playing with SOD, you know, <laughs> but he's carrying uh, the, a load in them pants. Yeah, he's carrying. Well, he wasn't wearing pantaloons, but <laughs> you know, I mean, Scott Ian had camouflage like cabinets. He, he all of his, he still plays out of the one It's Marshall cabinet. I all had camouflage grill cloths like, you know, that, I mean, uh, uh, uh dude, what's his name? Uh, 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 from uh, except um, Udo? Dirk Schneider, Udo yeah, Dirk Schneider, yeah. Udo used to wear camo pants and a black T-shirt, like that was his deal. So, like, if you look at that, come come here in twenty twenty three, it's the same thing. Like jeans with holes in them. Like you know, for a while there in metal, new metal came in, and and we you know the metal scene started borrowing from hip hop. So you got a lot more of the baggy pants and like the that look, you know, the track suits, Adidas stuff, whatever from Corn. But now, like, you go to metal shows and it's the same thing. It's jeans, holes in the knees, like, it, you know, bullet belts never went out of style in the metal scene. You know, I, and I'm, again, I'm not trying to turn this into a fashion conversation, but, you know, when you sit, when, when that's why when somebody's like, oh, you're dressing like it's 1986, I'm like, I don't necessarily know if people are dressing like it's 1986 or just things haven't changed since 1986. 
You know what I mean? Mm. No, it's a, it's 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 a it's a tough thing, and that that's why what's what's interesting about this whole conversation is just that it's you're right. I mean, it's totally not cut and dry, but it's just one of those um, just one of those things that I that I think about sometimes because I'm like. Ah, these are the things this, that these are the things you think about when the power goes out. Is it? These are the kinds of thoughts that kept me out of the really good schools. Like, is it like awesome because this is a throwback, or is it like, could you be more unoriginal? You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? It's weird because some bands, dude, it, look at Enforcer, dude, they're awesome. Yeah, they're very they're, they're they're totally derivative. They're they're very I, not to the point where they're like maybe that's the wrong word. But li- I mean, dude, they're totally like, like we're gonna take all that kind of stuff and put it together and make it awesome. But I love it. I would not. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna see them go up on stage and go to a bunch of losers. They are. I I think there needs to be a level of originality. Meaning, if you want to sound like you're a 1986 thrash band, there has to you know. It's it's different if you say I want to sound like a 1986 thrash band versus saying I want to sound like Anthrax in 1986 or Megadeth in 1986 because with with modern bands I find it it's got to almost be impossible not to fold some of those modern influences in you know like it's got to be impossible and unless you're doing it on purpose um, and, and that's the thing. I, I guess, you know, when, when it starts to become what you're talking about, if you love, like if I say, dude, I'm the biggest Dio fan in the world. I love Dio. I love old Sabbath with Dio. I love, you know, whatever. And I'm, I want to write music. It's probably going to sound a lot like Dio, especially if you're a teenager. I mean, like a lot, our, our old band, we always used to say, maybe our songs didn't sound exactly like a certain band, but you could always tell who our influences were. So I, I guess it's one of those things where if I can tell who your influences are, that's cool. Like that you're creating art from the influences because that's what music is. You know, you're always borrowing from all your influences. If you're literally trying so hard, like you even find a singer that sounds just like the band you're trying to sound like at that point, it's like, dude, why not just do a freaking tribute band at that point? You know what I mean? It, it, it turns into rock star, remember? Yeah, no, like, I know. We play the cover songs to get the, the to get the people in to listen to our originals. You know what I mean? Like, you know, at that at that point, if you if all of your originals don't sound original, then you know, it, it, it you're right. It's a fine line walking that fitting into a genre versus being derivative of that genre, meaning. If you're creating something, and, and again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with saying I'm going to make a band that sounds just like Anthrax. I'm not saying those bands shouldn't exist. I'm not saying if you if you start a band and you want to sound just like Anthrax, you shouldn't do it. No, do whatever you want. I mean, that's part of it, too. I'm just saying, like, when I hear it, I'm going to think, oh, these guys love Anthrax. I'm not going to be like, this is the best band ever. I'm going to be like, wow, this is the best band ever that sounds like Anthrax that isn't Anthrax. You know what I mean? Well, like... And sometimes it's especially awesome when you're like, man, I'll never have that band again, but I got these guys. Yeah, that's the other thing, too. 
So, and I think that's sometimes what. Remember, which, which what is why, you, by the way, I don't like tribute bands if the band is still kicking. Tribute bands of the band, like if there's a Rush tribute band, you're never going to see Rush again. Like that's awesome. Yeah, you know? like, just like but just like, like your mahogany Rush tribute band. Yeah, I mean that. Well, and you're never going to see that again either. That's a band you're never going to see again. Well, I will say this: what you said about our band when we started our band rings true, probably for a lot of these other bands. You said our band was created, and the style of music that we played was music we weren't hearing anymore. No, well, it and totally I think, was. I think it's a lot very true with a lot of these bands. They're they're not necessarily setting out to say we're gonna sound just like these guys. They're thinking to themselves, you know, there's not a lot of bands that sound like those bands back there that I love so much. So, you know what? I love that music. I'm gonna play that music. You know, like that that could be a driver too. And, but you're right though. But again, you're right. I mean, and, and, and dude, fine, I can't say we didn't do the same thing. We were like, hey. Yeah. We're, we're going to bring back 1986. I mean, we did the same. Admittedly, I don't think we hung on to that forever. I think we kind of did a different thing. But no, no that's why we started Our first it. album did... is very derivative. Yeah, the rest of the albums are, ve- are, I don't think, very much are. I don't have a problem with the fact that songs we wrote when I was 17 and put out when we were 19 sounded. I'm totally, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm owning it. Totally owning it. I don't think we. Mm. I will say this. I think we sounded like a band that sounded like that. I don't know if we crossed so far into we really went up on stage and tried to pretend it was still 1986. Like, maybe that's no, the line. Didn't. I don't know. It's weird. There, there, but see, that there's there's more aspects than it is to that. Like, if we all would have got up in nuthugger jeans with white high tops on with big teased hair... And I would have been like, yeah, we're we we are living in a past that we we just can never get back. We didn't, though. We went up like normal dudes. You know, the music we played and even the music we played wasn't I mean, it was derivative for what was out at the time, even more so than it was. You know, I'm not trying to turn this into our old band. I'm just using it as an example Um is that, you know, again, I think a lot of these old bands or I think a lot of these bands too. these 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 uh uh throwback bands that that's exactly it too is maybe it's we want to hear music that we aren't hearing right now you know everybody wants to tell you that you ain't hearing something you ain't supposed to be hearing (laughs) you know like and i i think that's it i I mean maybe maybe that's maybe that's exact maybe we found found the answer there um you know but then again like i said you walk a fine line because one starts and then the one, you know, they find success and then the next band's like, oh, well, those guys got signed. And it turns into what the new metal scene was, where every week, every band that was trying to get signed completely changed their look, completely changed their sound because they wanted to ride that wave. You know, and then and we, we saw it early 2000s, like late 90s. Oh, Slipknot's big now. We got to sound like Slipknot. Well, Mudvayne's big now. We got to sound like Mudvayne. Oh, um you know, Disturbed is big. Now we got to sound like Disturbed. And I, I get it. When you're a working band, you have to kind of, that's what, that's what Pantera was doing when they were in the eighties. They weren't, you know, everybody makes fun of them for being a glam band, but you also have to remember they were also a bar band. Like they were making a living playing music. You don't make a living playing music in Texas or any other place, not playing what people want to hear. 
Like you can you can you can puff out your chest all you want and be like, man, if it was back then, I'd be playing only this type of music. Well, sure. And then eventually, when you got hungry enough, you'd start playing glam metal. You well, know, want to pay the bills? Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. When you got hungry enough, you'd play that poison song to bring people in the bar. You know, like you you'd play that rat song that 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 the girls in the front row and the you know with that the actually I take that back you'd play that rat song that the dudes who are with the girls in the front row want to hear you know like that that's just it you know I mean and you wanted to bang the you wanted to bang the chicks in poison like it happened to every yeah you know exactly yeah you know the every guy in the strip wanted to um but it, again like it's it's a very interesting you know the throwback bands again I think it's a fine razor's edge are you a band that is playing something that that you love and that you aren't hearing or are you a band that really and truthfully just wants to sound like another band i think that's the line like are you playing music you love and it just happens to be from whatever era or sound like whatever band or are you on purpose saying dude i want to sound like metallica in 1984 I don't know. Like I, I, uh, I think I one is. I think one is super creative. I think one is just again being be a tribute band. If you want to sound like Metallica in 1984, you're probably not going to do it better than they did. But it happens sometimes. I mean, maybe Metallica is a bad. They're always the example you don't use. Okay, if you want to sound like Megadeth in 1985, you're probably not going to do it better than they did. No, but. Every once in a while, you get a band that comes out. It's like, man, they're either they're better than that band was, or they're they're better than that band has been in thirty years. I'm blanking on a good example, but it's, um, it's interesting. It's really interesting, like because sometimes it's literally like I'm going to kind of take what they did and just be creative and do it differently. And then sometimes it's like, nope, I want to just put out Master of Puppets two. Not Unforgiven 2. You're Unforgiven 2. Master of Puppets 2. Yeah, yeah. Like Master. Maybe that's what they want to put out. Master 2. <laughs> like, is that what... So, I, I don't know. Is that what you want to do? I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. Um. So, anyway. Okay. So, that's enough of that one. Unless you've got yeah, anything more you wanted to add to that discussion, because there's a couple. Yeah, of that's. I mean, I think we've treaded. I think we've tread over that enough. Um, okay, so we still. Yeah, we man, we have plenty of time left in this episode. We have talked, and we haven't talked about this in, and it's been years. Again, hmm. season one, it's gone, but it has been years. Gone up in flames. <laughs> Shut up down in flames. In flames. Um, it's been years since we've talked about this concept hmm. and there's, there's been a lot, there's a lot of ways that people put this, but this is a conversation we've had for 25 years or more, whatever. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to talk about, but I'm, oh, I'm no, laughing was, at one on. of your notes, which I don't know what my notes. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I have to find out which one you're going to talk about. Uh, I'm going to talk about this one, the one I'm highlighting right now. Okay. Uh, this is actually a pretty... Oh, do you want to talk? Okay. Oh, I can say the one above it. That's what I mean, laughing. Do you want to talk about this one? Or do you want to talk about uh, this one? No, the one above it is what had me I know laughing. Yeah. Do you want to talk about this one? Oh, uh, I don't care. You go this ahead. This is a real conversation. Pick. This one's just goofy. 
Uh, I, you know what? I think we just had a real conversation. Let's go goofy. Okay, so there's a video that is floating around on YouTube, and I want to thank one of our one of my favorite people that listens to this show for sending it along to me, and maybe both. I'm probably sending it along to you, but um, very good I'd friend. S- of I think our- I'd seen it before. Okay, well, a very good friend of of ours, a very 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 close friend of mine, sent this along, and there's a video on YouTube about what your favorite band says about you, and I don't remember anything in the video other than like if you like cannibal corpse you probably well actually george is a nice guy so cool you know but like i really don't remember much about it from the perspective of like i don't remember what they say so at no point in time am i planning on ripping them off but if i do i really don't remember what they said so let's just throw that out i actually even though i know that video is a goof what your favorite band says about you is actually a really interesting damn thing. I don't have a favorite band. I don't. Well, do you have a favorite band? Because you and I talked about this the other day. I don't have a favorite band. You don't have a favorite band. But what the hell do you say when someone asks you? Um, I hate this question because I don't have it, one. But what it do you changes say? Day. I, I tell them flat out it changes by the day. Um, It... And a lot, I think I think that's true with a lot of metalheads. I think there are people who are like, "Dude, it's Slayer all day, every day." Oh, it's dude, it's it's Metallica all day, every day. I get that. I totally understand that. Um, I, you know, if you were to ask me what's your favorite band of a genre, I could probably give you an approximation. Like, if you were to ask me which, what's your favorite Big Four? It's totally Anthrax. Well, what's your favorite death metal band? If I'm being honest, probably Cannibal Corpse. And what's funny about that is I know people are going to roll their eyes. Oh, that's the obvious choice. Well, sometimes the obvious choice is the right one, um, at least for me. I'm not saying for everybody else now. But actually, truthfully, if you were to say, who's your favorite death metal band in the past, like, three months? I'd probably say Revocation. Um, that doesn't mean I don't still love Corpse, but Revocation is just kind of like their last album just completely blew my mind. And then seeing them live was just awesome. Um, but you know, again, I would say that I'm much more familiar with Corpse's discography than Revocation's discography. I mean, I could, I could not list off tracks for Revocation off every album. Like I could list off tracks of Corpse's, uh, albums. Um, but who is your favorite band is, is a, is a tough question because again, I think, I think that's the, the right answer for me is what day is it? I'm... Man, I'm I'm the same. I'm the same way. I I hate I hate this question, and I know I just <laughs> just asked you. Um, I I know I just asked you this question, but I hate the question because I don't know how to answer the damn thing. I'm with you, man. It's it's the it's a it's a day of the week. It is a – come on, dude. It's not even a day of the week. It's the time of the day. <laughs> you know? Um, all right. Here's what I want to do. I have a feeling we're going to we're gonna, we're gonna go down the road with this one, and it might be – it might be kind of fun. So wh- here's what I want to do. We have not taken a break on the show in a while. Last the week. Pro- did we take a break last week? Yes, we did. Ah, damn. I was drunk. I was slitzed. Whatever, dude. I was watching porn, and I was drunk. I don't care. Here's my point. I want to take... Yo, you're right. No, because I had to tinkle. So we're going to take a break this week. And 
I, I want to th- let, let's come back and talk about this because because I think we can talk about this and then we can make fun of people for liking the favorite bands that they like. Like if your favorite band's Tool, we can make fun of you for it. You know, like dude, come on, you can make fun of us too. We're fine with it. Dude. So anyway, what, uh, Rex, do me a favor. Take us out to a break. Yeah. I'm going to go drain the lizard and take a squirt, you know, go tinkle. Or take uh, a chair. Or take a chair, go pee-pees. But let's be or fair. Drain whatever the hap- lizard or take a chair. chair. Whatever happens, I'm going to say this. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. The longest pee is the, the best part about ever, this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, oh man. man. Oh, man. I, oh, I still man. to this day can't pee in, without going, oh, man, oh, anytime, man. Any, like, anytime I really have to pee, it's like, oh, man, oh, man. Oh, man. It, it, seriously, <laughs> it's it's wonderful. Okay, do me a favor. Take us out to break. Right. I Because, dude, I got to pee, and I got to drink a lot more. I am not where I want to be. And that You're is, trying not to feel it too hard. That is sad. All right. So, so let's get me there. You need to get some Everclear. Um... All right, so we're going to take a break, as Duff said, and I don't know. We'll be back, and we'll be back after uh, after Duff takes a leak and fires off some knuckle children here on the Heavy Metal Hangover. Oh, dude, I've done that twice since we started recording. Come on, take us out to break. <laughs> that's that's really gross because I'm sitting here speaking. And uh, it doesn't matter. I, I wasn't doing. I was I was doing it while I was talking. It's not like I was doing it to your voice. I was doing it to my no own wonder voice. you sounded out of breath. No, I was doing it to my own voice, just like all the like, like. Look, both of the women that listen to the show, they pleasure themselves to my voice. I figured I should too. Howard. Anyway, take, <laughs> take us to break. <laughs> all right, we'll be right back here in the heavy metal hangover. Back from the heavy metal hangover. So, uh, yeah, what's going on? I don't know. I, 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 I straight up do not remember because if something happened before we went to break, it doesn't matter because it, it was all hogwash and crap. It was all a dream. It was all a dream. You were you dreamed the first the first half of the episode because it was hogwash, and no one cares really. <laughs> so, no, so we were talking about favorite bands. And you and I, man, I don't, it's hard. Some people straight up have favorite bands. Like, this is my band. Like, this is them. But, like, Iron Maiden is my favorite live band. Every band I can see live, Iron Maiden wins every time. I, I, I have a deep love for the band Rush, clearly. I often say I love King's X. They're they're one of my favorite bands. Like if I was being all things considered fair, maybe my favorite band is Fate's Warning. But at the same time, like, do I like Fate's Warning more than I like ACDC and Kiss? I don't know. I mean, maybe. But dude, I've spent as much of my life listening to ACDC as I have, I have Fate's Warning. Even though I would say Fate's Warning is probably my quote unquote more of my favorite band. And I have an ACDC tattoo. And I, I've listened to Kiss as much as I've listened to Fate's Warning. And that's saying a lot because I listen to a lot of Fate's Warning. But I've listened to a lot of Kiss in my life. Am I making okay. sense? Yeah. No, I understand. Like, like it's, it's, 
I don't know. Um, it, it's it's just weird because it's hard to it's hard to point that point that out. It it just is. I like like I said. I do you, do you think that most people with a favorite band have are like here's my question for you. Does having a favorite band tend to push one band like like the people that really have a favorite band are they more the type of people that are really into one band and kind of like the bands around it or because like there's dude if you're if your favorite band is Metallica they're they're probably just no one else is even in the same room and you're like what and no one you know what I mean they're on they're on this other pedestal where you and I are like my favorite band I guess but even if my favorite band is Iron Maiden, it's not. It's probably more Fate's Warning, but it also might be Kiss. It might be ACDC. It's not Kiss, but it could be. There's so many different bands that could really be the right answer. I don't, because for me, I can't, I flat out cannot tell you I like, I can't say I like one more than the other. I guess. I, I, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. Well, no, it, it really is. And so so anyway, all right. So let's think about this. If someone walks up to you and you say, what is your favorite band? And they say Dream Theater, what do you think about them? Now, by the way, if you said your favorite band was Dream Theater 30 years ago, it's probably a little different because Dream Theater was kind of like an up and coming, not everybody had heard of them kind of deal. If someone, wa- like if you were talking, I don't care how old they are. You say to someone, what is your favorite band? And they say, Dream Theater, what are you thinking? I mean, honestly, I I, I wouldn't think anything. I mean, I, I generally don't... I don't just generally judge someone like based on what their favorite band is because, I mean, the obvious answer would be like, oh, they're obviously elitist and obviously they're... But that's it's not quite right. You know what I mean? Like... I don't know. It's really hard to say. Um, yeah. I I don't know. Like I mean, I they maybe I assume they're a musician or the you know you know where it starts to get weird is when when somebody says their favorite band is Dream Theater, and then they start on the it depends. Okay, you know what? I, I tell you what, I figured it out. It depends what the next thing they say is. And I'm not talking about name five songs. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying I think it depends on, like, why is Dream Theater favorite band? Well, because John Petrucci is the best guitar player who ever lived. Okay, well, why is that? Well, he's, he's just the best. At that point, you know, it's... At that point, I'm kind of like, okay, you do you. I'm going to leave this conversation. Versus, oh, dude, I'm such a huge fan of, like, Images and words, or oh, you know, like I, I've liked them ever since, you know, like uh, Metropolis, or you know, whatever. Like I just really enjoy the music. It's just like you know, there, there's something about the band. Like they do stuff other bands don't do. This I'm like, oh, this dude's really into these guys. The the reason I say about the the first one, and yes, you know, you could say, well, John Petrucci is my favorite guitar player. He's like the best, whatever. Cool. Is the same example you give of you gave about um, the the Dave Matthews fans. Yo, that are just like nothing else matters. 
Well, like, no, there's no other band in the world. It's just Dave Matthews. It's that, and it's and it's they couldn't exactly explain to you why Dave Matthews Band was their favorite band. It's just they were kind of told if you want to make it make yourself look like you know what you're talking about, Dave Matthews is who you like. You know what I mean? Like, or it's like or something who's the greatest drummer of all time, John that, Bonham. Why? Because I'm supposed to say that. Exactly. I mean, maybe your answer is actually I mean. John Bonham, but it's because you're supposed to say that. Right, that's what I mean. So, so yeah, who's John Bonham? Oh man, the grooves he used to do, like when the levee breaks, is such a great song. The way he like, you know, the sound he got on that, and how hard he used to hit, and he was just like the glue that held that Zeppelin together. Sure, cool, awesome. I mean, even if you're just like, I just like the way he plays drums. Cool. Oh, he's my favorite drummer. Awesome. He's one of the best drummers of all time, in my opinion. Great. Like, well, why do you like John Bonham? Because he's the best drummer of all time, man. Oh, well, are you a drummer? No. Okay, uh, do you, do you, are you just like a fan of drummers? No. Okay, well, he's the best drummer of all time. Well, what, what makes you say that? Dude, he's the best drummer of all time. Like, you know, it's one of those things where you can tell at that point somebody's not, they're not coming up with information. They're regurgitating information. You know what I mean? And at that point, you have to say, look, I don't care. If you say Led Zeppelin's your favorite band of all time and you can't explain it, fine, that's cool. You do you. I'm not here to like be the police and tell people you can and can't like that band or whatever. I'm just going to say, all right, we probably don't have much else to talk about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because clear, clearly, clearly this is no longer a discussion about music. It's a discussion about like who you're supposed to like. And at that point it's, it's, it just, it just doesn't interest me anymore. You know what I mean? Well, but, but like, okay. So here's my question for you. Does your favorite band, like, what does it say about you? Is your favorite band because that's who you want people? Do you want like there are clearly people out there that just they feel that if they say their favorite band is somebody underground and cool, then they, you know what I mean like some for some people it is a I'm not calling them a poser. I'm saying saying this is your favorite band to make you look cool. That's part of it. You know. On the other hand, your who your favorite band actually is. In a way, can maybe say something about you. It it doesn't. It doesn't. And I, I'll say this: I was standing outside of Morbid Angel, and I, I, you know, I was standing in line waiting to get in. I wasn't eavesdropping, but you know how people are, you know, talking and stuff in line. And in front of me was a group of kids. And when I say kids, I mean like late teens, maybe even early twenties, whatever. To me, that's that's kids, right? And I know you and I had some of these same discussions, but it was like, oh, have you listened to this band? Yeah, yeah, but I really enjoy like, you know, I'm going to pull up, I'm going to make up a random band name. I really enjoy like, you know, I really enjoy the band like uh, uh, Anal Guitar String, you know, because it has to have anal in it, of course. Um and, you know, genuinely people like may say, oh, yeah, that's my favorite band. And maybe it is. That's great. Cool. But when you start listing off bands and all they are is underground bands. And I, I it's a gray area again. Like, you know, it's one well, of those. I, you know let, me, let me say this, though. A random person comes up to me and says, what's your favorite band? And I go, well, King's X and Fate's Warning, like they're thinking the same thing about me. Not necessarily. Well, I don't think King's X and Fate's Warning are unheard of no one knows who they are but i'm terribly sorry i line up 100 people that i meet in a day who's dude i like i'm serious like i I line up 100 people in a day and they say my favorite band is king's x 99 of them have never heard of them i think they're me being trying to be cool 
and that's that's the thing. That's the other thing. Like I said, dude, it's it's not what they say. It's what they say next, because it's not. Because if you say, "Well, who's your favorite band?" Well, you know, I've got a few. I like Corpse. I like Slayer. Oh yeah, I don't listen to that commercial stuff. I'm like, up oh, then again, we're done here. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not saying we're done here. Like I'm telling the guy to f off or whatever. I'm saying we're done here just in terms of. I know we're not going to have a pleasant conversation <laughs> because. You know, every band I, I like that that isn't some that doesn't have anal in the band name is not going to be a band you're going to like. And we're just not going to have any common ground. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I mean by that. But, um, you know, yeah, I, again, you know, it, it's a tricky situation because and generally speaking, the, I, I think this whole topic is BS and it's just a fun topic because. Truthfully and honestly, I don't think your favorite band says anything about you. Because on the flip side of things, there's also the guys who think if they say Slayer or they say Deicide, or the, that it automatically makes them hard asses. Do you know what I mean? Like, who's your favorite band? My favorite band is is Cannibal Corpse, man. You know, because they sing about gutting people and stuff. Okay. Well... You know what I mean? Like, you know, you know what else is interesting about this? Con- this there's something else that's interesting about this conversation. What your favorite band says about you, and here's what's interesting about that. Why, in a way, it's like it does say a lot about you, and in a way, it's like. But really, your favorite band is really just your favorite band. Like, is it it? it it's really not a statement in a way. It's kind of like, what is well, your favorite flavor of chicken wings? I like garlic parmesan. Like, that's just the one you like the most. It's the one you eat. Like, congratulations. You like your wings a little spicier. You know? There, <laughs> but, there's only one but it's exception. It's weird how, like, we, dude, everybody, it is hard to deny the fact that, and I, I've been guilty of it too. I think we all have. That when when you think about who your favorite band is, you actually think about what it means to say that that is your favorite band. Well, it's interesting how that influence matters. There's one exception. What's that? There's one band that that has a clear meaning, and that's if your favorite band is Slipknot, then it clearly means that your mom just does not get you. Oh no, your, your mom definitely does not get you. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Before all the Slipknot fans start coming out of the woodwork, coming from my head, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, no, I mean it's 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 it it's true, right? That um that that your mom just doesn't get you. Uh, actually, let's be fair. If your favorite band is Slipknot, like I wonder if your favorite band has been Slipknot for 20 some odd years. Like are are if your favorite band is Slipknot, are you like 17 and your mom doesn't get you or are you 40? Because <laughs> it's it, if Slipknot very well could have been your favorite band since you were in high school. It's kind of weird to think about it that. It's kind of weird to think about like Slipknot fans could very well be fifty years old. <laughs> you know, like it's, well, it's like that Jim Brewer scat, you know, thing where he was talking about like you know when he's eighty years old and they're like, we're gonna take Grandpa, put on some Iron Maiden. <laughs> you know, like you know, like Grandpa wants to listen to Metallica again. Um, man, how weird is that to think about that though? That half the sli- half the fans of a Slipknot crowd are like fifty years old. And the other half, their moms just don't get them. 
Well, let's be fair. Some of those people that are 45 and listening to Slipknot, their moms probably don't get them because they might still be in their basement. You know, they might still literally be living with their mom. Uh, I will say this, though. If you say your favorite band is Slipknot now, I don't know if I, I don't know what my opinion would be. It probably it would probably just be like, okay. All right, you know what? Let me ask you this. Are there bands, and I know you just, you were, we were joking about the You Just Don't Get Me Mom thing with Slipknot. Are there bands that if someone says they are my favorite band, draws a giant red flag? Maybe a bad one, maybe a good, maybe it's not, maybe it's not a, maybe it's not a, a red flag. Maybe it is, if someone says my favorite band is blank, you immediately kind of feel a certain way about them. Like, mm. is there any band, well, to me, like, if your favorite band is Dave Matthews, just walk away. I'm done talking to you. I'm done. To, this conversation is pointless. This is a meaningless conversation because your answer is just going to be Dave, and you've never listened to another band in the history of your life, and that's the only band you see live. Your 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 opinion is meaningless. But other than Dave Matthews, are there bands that if someone says this is my favorite, pigeonholes them either in your head or in general? Okay, clearly there's the other big one. Clearly, if they say insane clown posse, they get put in a box. <laughs> they get put in a box and hopefully shipped out. <laughs> well, uh, you know, if it's you funny. are a juggalo, you're gonna get labeled. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> drink your fago. Drink your fado on the a fago on the way out of the country, buddy. You know, dude. Um, I I just watched a YouTube video on juggalos because I, I'm, oh, God, sorry. I'm sorry. Look, well, no, look. First of all. I'm not a juggalo. I can't stand insane clown pussy. I'm not a juggalo, but they fascinate me. They fascinate me. And, and the reason for that is I, I just I can't explain it. They fascinate me. Like the whole like culture of it. I'm like I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it's I just I don't know. It's uh, it's it's insane. Like it's just kind of crazy. And look, if, I, if there's any juggalos listening, I'm not making fun of you. Like, do your thing, man. I'm just saying it. It it's just kind of like it's its own. Th- it really is its own thing. No, well, it it is. It's it's a it's a subculture. It, it's it a really microculture, is. technically. It's technically but, a microculture if you want to get really yeah. like research specific. But my point is, no, no, it is its own. I, it's its own thing. I, well, I was watching the docu- I don't know, documentary. The YouTube video I was watching was on the gathering of the Juggalos, right? And part of me is like, wow, like, that's that I, I would never set foot there. And I'll be honest with you, the other part of me said, you know, aside from the fact I couldn't stand the music, I bet that would have a lot of fun there. You know what I mean? Like, it was well, like one I of those. Mean- it was one of those things where I wanted to be there and glad I wasn't there at the same time equally. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, but you know what, though? But, like, like you and I, we look at each other and it's like, well, like, you go to a comic book convention. I, I'm aware that a meeting of the juggle, it's not the same thing, but on the surface level, it's the same thing, right? I mean, it's a, it's a legitimate, like, three-day celebration of the love for comic books. I mean, isn't that what that is regardless of what it is? I mean, I'm, dude, I am not defending Juggalos. That is, I don't even know if they, who gives a crap about Juggalos anymore? My point is this. Like, I'm not necessarily saying that, oh, yeah, cool, that's awesome. But 
it's all kind of that way, right? I mean, I'm going to Vakken this year. Is it really all that different? Yes, the behavior is different. Yes, the group of people is different. But is it really, is it really that different? Is Vakken really different than the gathering of the Juggalos? In a way, I don't think it is. It's the same thing. It's just one is cool and one is, mm, no, I'm not going there. <laughs> I mean, like, it's the same thing, right? I'm going to be living in a camp, living in a tent and, you know, looking at boobies. And I guess there's going to be bands playing too. Like, that's what I'm going to do for a week. How is that really all that different? At the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like, it's weird. It's it, See, this is what's funny about this. Because I can point and laugh at Juggalos. I can point and laugh at Insane Clown Posse. I can point and laugh at all that. I can laugh at Dave Matthews fans. But at the end of the day, is what they're doing any different than what I'm doing? I don't think the answer. I think the answer is no. This is the same thing. Is, 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 is a comic book convention or a Star Trek convention any different than a Juggalo thing? Yes, behaviorally speaking, there might be something different, but is it the same thing? I kind of. Is it any different than like a, I don't know. Is it any different than than something having to do with sports? I mean, no, it's the same thing, right? It's the same yeah, thing, right? So. Like whatever you love, like everybody has things that they love. And if you love something enough and you want to be immersed in the culture with it, it's like, I mean, how many people are like, I want to go down to the bar because everybody at that bar watches your favorite team. I mean, okay, that's a smaller example. But if you were a fan of a sports team, right, what is more fun than going to a stadium and being surrounded by the people that share in your passion for it? God, I can't believe I'm totally, like, defending I, uh, Juggalos. Um, but, I mean, why should – you know what, though? Why should we not defend them? I might think they're ridiculous and the music is stupid and I, I don't get it. But shouldn't – I mean, I kind of think we should be defending the fact that they're – like, what is better than celebrating what you love as long as what you love doesn't, like – isn't like Carl Logan. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like as long as you're not like Carl Logan, if whatever it is you love, you can celebrate it with other people. Like, that's awesome, right? Yeah, I just no. wish you wouldn't listen to Insane Clown Posse or Dave <laughs> Matthews. <laughs> like, I kind of want to convert you like, hey, buddy, look, listen, I know you dig the whole thing, and I know there's a bunch of, like, easy fat women, but you can find <laughs> e- you can find – you can find easy fat women in other circles, but those ones bathe. Give them a candy bar and smile. The way you, you can said do whatever. That. I'm not even laughing at what you said. I'm laughing at you're like easy fat women. I'm serious though. Oh, you don't geez. have to. You don't have to go. You don't have to listen to Insane Clown Posse to find easy fat women. There's nothing. You know? There's nothing worse than there's nothing worse than two fat guys trying to criticize somebody for their. <laughs> no, it's because I'm fat. I'm allowed to make the joke. I mean, I'm not a woman, but, you know, whatever. I'm fat. You know, I'm fat and I like boobs. And, hey, dude, come on. Come on, look. Let, let's be fair. Everybody knows that the perfect woman is about 15 pounds overweight, so she has boobies, but she's just self-conscious, just self-conscious enough about what she looks like that she doesn't want to take her clothes off, so she'll just drop to her knees right then and there. That's exactly what you want. I would never make fun of fat women. You know, I think that's perfect. It's a beautiful thing. It, it's a good thing. And in fact, any anybody listening to this show who you think your old lady is just a little on the thicker side, like send naked pictures of her our way. We're good with this. Continue. 
No, I really didn't have anything <laughs> to say. But no, I mean, I'm just being. I'm 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 busting. I'm breaking balls. But I don't know, man. It's weird. So okay, Insane Cal- Insane Cloud Posse. You say that's your favorite band. I, I all joking is I got a question. <laughs> I got a question. You okay? Are there? I'm trying to think. Are there other bands that if someone says they're my favorite band? Oh, I'm sorry. And Fish. You say your favorite band is Fish. I'm like, okay, you don't bathe. I'm just wondering if there's metal bands that like, like, okay, is there a metal band where if someone says that's my favorite band, you're like, wow, poser. And I shouldn't say, I know you and I don't want to think that way. I know you and I don't think that way, but we instinct that way. What I mean by that is I really don't judge gatekeepers. I really don't say that someone's a poser. But I, I gut instinct do. And we know what I mean? Like, like I see someone, you know, who clearly has never listened to Metallica before wearing a Metallica t-shirt. I'm going to say poser. And then 10 seconds later, I'm like, you know what? No, it's cool. But that is my gut instinct. My gut instinct is you're a penis. Like, don't do it. But then, thir- <laughs> you know, five seconds later, I'm like, all right, no, no, what? No, okay, cool. Who cares? Look, I know you would have been cool. And then this penis had to come around and get all heavy. Get all heavy. You know what I'm saying, though? Like, like I admittedly, man, the gut instinct you're a butt puppet. But, you know, then I correct myself. But is there a metal band that someone walks in, that's their favorite band? And Like, I mean, dude, if it was like late 90s and you walked in and had a Cradle of Filth t-shirt, I, and I loved Cradle of Filth. Like, I loved Cradle of Filth in the 90s. But if you walked in with a shirt with Cradle of Filth on it, I just thought you were a goth kid who hung out the mall and was trying to be cool. They might have actually been your favorite band, and if they were, you had good reason for it. Because Cradle of Filth put out some amazing stuff in the nineties. Like they, 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 they really did. But I'm telling you, if your favorite band in, in the late nineties was Cradle of Filth, my immediate instinct was you were a goth, you were a goth kid trying to get attention. That is unfair, because here I am, the kind of guy who listens to nineties Cradle of Filth to this day, all the time. But at the time, I would have been like poser who hangs at a mall, out at the mall, and wants to be a goth kid that everyone thinks is a freak. Probably unfair because, like I said, Gretel Phil is a great band. But I definitely am telling you, if you had a Cruelty and the Beast T-shirt in '98, I thought you were trying too hard, and I thought you were a poser. And I, I owned the record, and listened to it all the time, and it was one of my favorite records. I just felt that if that was the band that you displayed, then you were trying to be thought of as a certain way. But here's my other question. Do we say our favorite band because we want to be thought of it as a certain way? I don't know. I mean, continue, but. No, I mean, it's. uh... I don't know. I mean, it's. It's tough. I mean, it's tough because the problem I have is like, I I really and honestly generally don't. I really and I don't not just trying to say this. I generally don't like judge people based on like what their shirt they're wearing and stuff like that because no i i mean i judge them if they're fat because if you're fat i hate you you know what i mean or i judge them no i i don't clearly judge people come on dude i'm not that much of an ass i do not judge people because they're flat if you're sporting an a cup we're just not talking but like no honestly all joking aside i'm i am i'm overweight and i've always been i've always had an issue with it i actually don't judge people for that all joking aside and I try very hard not to judge people for their favorite band. 
I try really hard. I do. No. Though. You know, I do. I, in, I do. I, I I immediately do, and then ten seconds later, I correct it. No, I get I try. it. Try. <laughs> you try as hard as you can. Um. No, you know, it's. I don't know. It's um. I, again, like, I, I, I'm tr- I'm really trying to rack my brain to think. Um, you know, like I will say this. I, again, it's not so much. I don't. I generally don't have a problem with people. What, what I mean, it's not my business what other people listen to. Again, the thing that makes me that pisses me off more than anything is is when you get it back. Like, oh yeah, I like Cannibal Corpse or like Slayer, and then and then, you know, you know what I kind of hate. When you almost feel obligated to name a band that is kind of like a little off the beaten path just to kind of like justify yourself. Sometimes I, I and generally speaking, like I'm old enough where I don't care, but that still creeps in the back of my mind like, oh, man, oh, man, I'm naming all these. Like, oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm naming all these like, oh, like you know, well-known bands like, oh, man, they're going to think I'm a put. And at the end of the day, I'm like, I don't really care. Same thing as my battle vest. Like, I look at right. my battle vest, and I'm like, oh, look at all the patches. I'm like, all the patches are like, you know, none of them are super underground. Like, there might be a couple kind of obscure bands on there, like Driller Killer. Um, and even they're not like, who's Driller Killer? It's just, you know, maybe not a patch you'd see every day. Um, but a majority of my patches are bands I love, and the bands I love are bands that are super well-known. Do I like some underground bands? Yeah. Do I, you know... But like I said, sometimes, you know, the the most well-known or the most well-known for a reason. Like, I, I just hate the pissing contests. That's what annoys me is the pissing contests of, you know, how how underground of a band can I get so I can, like, you know, show you how big my schlong is. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I mean. If I'm showing how big my schlong is, it's a key party. We need a long you know I mean? lens. Right. No, um, but that, you know, it's, you know, that's generally like what I mean. Like it's, I don't know. It, it's, it's tough, you know? Um, okay. So let, let, let's, let, let's move on to one last thing before okay. our day, before our day is, our, our day is done. And maybe we won't have a lot of time to talk about a lot of these, but we were talking before about what we like to call perfect albums. Um, And what we mean by perfect albums are exactly this, a record where there is not a weak track on it. I like to say a perfect album is a record that doesn't have a weak track as opposed to doesn't have a bad track, meaning some records have like, well, that song doesn't suck, but I'm not like loving it. I try to go like, really? Like there's not a track I want to skip. The only exception is sometimes there are tracks, meaning, like, sometimes there's a track that is literally just, like, an interlude to the next one. Like, if it's a concept album and there's, like, talking for a track, I don't count that because it's there. there's not a weak... In other words, I guess I would say there's not a weak song on it or I don't want to skip stuff. I like this concept, and the reason I like this concept of a discussion is because of how many bands out there have a hundred great songs. Iron Maiden is terribly guilty of this in the 80s. How many 
how many times is Iron Maiden guilty? A Seventh Son of the Seventh Son is really their only pretty much flawless record. Every album had ups and downs. Now, I'm not saying every album had bad songs on it. I mean, Number of the Beast doesn't have any bad songs on it, but the whole record is not created equal. Seventh Son of a Seventh Son is like, all right, every last second of that record is a masterpiece. But to me, a perfect album is a special thing. It's a special thing. So here's my question for you, and I'm going to put you on the damn spot, and I know Uh-oh. you didn't have time to prepare this. Can you think of an example? I have one off the top of my head. First one that came to my mind, if you want me to say it, I will. Do you have something that you would consider a perfect album right off the top of your head? There's not a weak track on this record. It's it's just it's amazing start to finish. Skid Row's first album. Oh God, you are so right. So right. And look, I, I know I know there's a lot of people out there saying, Oh god, oh, dude, it's clear that no piss on anybody who doesn't like the first two Skid Row records. You're full <laughs> yeah. of crap. You know what my favorite thing of piss on you, I work for Mel Brooks. Piss Ant. <laughs> No, I'm serious. Like, if you don't like the first two Skid Row records, you're you're ridiculous. The first Skid Row record is flawless, and the second the second Skid Row record is not as good start to finish, but the highs are higher. The best songs on the second record are better than any song on the first record. Just the first record is like the first record is a solid nine all the way through it, where the second record is the only ten. You know what I mean? I, I hate to like in a darkened room is better than any track on the first record. But not every track on the second record is as good as that one. So anyway, continue. Um, I, Revocation's last album, Nether Heaven. I agree that that I think that that's perfect, straight through and through. Um, uh, Ride the Lightning would be if it wasn't for Escape. Um, uh, I'm trying to think here. Spreading the Disease, I think, is a perfect album. Dude, um, you know what? I uh, uh man, I. I was actually talking to a friend of ours the other day that Anthrax drives me nuts. Do you know what I I mean, I said this before. I hate that Anthrax ignores their whole career and for the most part just plays among the living because spreading the disease is a damn amazing record. Man, you know, Anthrax, listen to me. That whole record is great. Could you play more of it? I think, dude, I will say spreading the disease. Well, I I don't want to get into this road, but I think as a whole... I'll take spreading the disease over Among the Living. Now, Among the Living might have the higher high. It's the same thing, right? The best songs on Among the Living are pro- like, you know, uh, 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 NFL, Indians, maybe. Maybe I Am the Law, NFL, and Indians are better than songs on, S- on, on spreading the disease. But I think spreading the disease is better all the way through it, where Among the Living isn't. I would say spreading the disease is a perfect album more so than I would say Among the Living is. I yeah, think. I mean, you know, I, I agree. Um, I, you know, sp- among the living, you know, it's it, it's a you know, among the living and spreading the disease actually have uh, the same problem with me. It's as an album, I or is as same problem with as ride the lightning and master of puppets. And that is, I like as a composition spreading the disease more than I like as a composition among the living. But there are songs on Among the Living I like more than anything on Spreading the Disease. And that's the same thing with Master of Puppets. Well, that's Ride the meant, Lightning like, is like, a superior composition, but there are songs on Master of Puppets I like better than anything on Ride the Lightning. That's, that's the Skid Row record. 
The first skid row record is flawless start to finish, but the best tracks on on Slave to the Grind are better. Dude, In a Darkened Room is better than any track on the first skid row record. But the record is not as good as a whole. Right? I mean, I'm with you. I'm totally with you. There, there are many examples of this. And Anthrax is a great one, by the way. Yeah. Um, so... Well, okay, so let me give you one. Let, let me give you one. Dude, do you want the you want a flipping straight up, like stupid easy example of a perfect record? Now I uh I don't think you're gonna well, I actually I'm pretty damn sure you're not gonna disagree with me on this one. Let me take a look real quick. Is there anything you're gonna No, there's no way you disagree. Um I lied. There might be one. There might be one. Damn it. You're gonna go nine. You're gonna go nine out of ten on this for sure. There's a question of maybe there's a track on this you don't like, dude. Easy amf- answer for perfect record is Screaming for Vengeance, start to damn finish. Screaming for Vengeance by Judas Priest is a flawless record, start to finish. There's not a track on that that I couldn't listen to all day. I could listen to any one song on that day all day, any one track on that record all day, and love it. The worst song in the album is Pain and Pleasure, and I still love it. And you give me pleasure. That's the worst song in the record, and it's an amazing song. Like, there is, I mean, I'm sorry, man. Screaming for Vengeance, there is, Fever is awesome, Devil's Child. I believe you're the devil. It's so good. You know my favorite song. Um, you know, you've got, uh, you got Bloodstone. Dude, Riding on the Wind, come on. Uh, take the Take these chains off. Actually, one of my favorite tracks on the record. Um, I think Screaming for Vengeance is a great example of there is just, there's not a weak second on that record. It starts off with the Hellion, and it's just, it's just, man, damn through it. Through it, the whole record is incredible. I would I be, agree. I think, there are some records where I think people would just be hard-pressed to find a problem with it. You know, like I agree. Like, how do you? What, what the hell do you say about that record? <laughs> you don't. You know, I mean, like, there's clear answers. Like, back in black. Come on, there's not a weak track on it, right? Like, I get it. I might not. I am not obsessed with back in black, like a lot of people are. But that's just because there's other ACDC I like more. But I don't. Oh, I don't think Metallica has one. I don't think they have one. Perfect record? Yeah, they don't have one. The Hmm. Black Album is incredible. They don't have a perfect record. They don't. I'm terribly sorry, but like people, oh man, people can get their panties in a bunch over some of this. And and I get it that you, you know, are going to not be able to whack it for a week but <laughs> i look at the black album right seriously i look at the black album in total fairness my friend of misery is not up to par i love the bass part in my friend of misery but the thing i got to remember my friend of misery jason newstead wrote that as the instrumental on the record it was the instrumental on the record that Lars and Hetfield turned into a song that is not up to par. 
It's not. I'm sorry. I love the bass line in that song as much as everybody else, but My Friend of Misery is not a great song. The Borknagar version is amazing, but it's not a great song. Struggle Within is good, but it's not. I mean, like, I ha I struggle to say that the Black Album is all created equal because it's not. It's one of the greatest rock albums, whatever you want to call it, metal, whatever. It's one of the greatest rock albums in the history of rock music. It truly is. I just don't think it's perfect. And I'm sorry to everyone who I just pissed all over the Wheaties. Do people eat Wheaties and do people really piss on them? I don't know. But like <laughs> I don't I don't think it, Master of Puppets is certainly not a perfect record. Sorry folks. It's not. Yeah, okay, I get it. You and your Metallica fanboy can sit can sit in your room and you know, whip your skippy and pretend that the thing that should not be is a good song. You're wrong. The song sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just picking on you. But like really, I don't like that song. You're wrong. Kill 'em all. all is not a perfect record. And the reason I say it's not a perfect record, I don't actually think it's a bad song on on Kill 'em all. It's also just not it's not an amazing I mean there, there's highs on it. I don't mean there's not highs on it. But, like, I mean, in fairness, is Kill 'em All really perfect from the perspective of, like, it's not a 10 out of 10 across the board. It's a solid, you know what I mean? Like, every track is okay, you know? But you're going to tell me that you're really going to label Hit the Lights as, like, the perfect, I don't think so. I mean, it's a good song. You know, Whiplash is a cool song. Phantom Lord's amazing. You know, I mean, there's not, I'll put it this way. Kill 'em All does not have a weak song. I just don't, I also don't think they're all great amazing songs ride the lightning i know you don't like the song that half the world doesn't like i hate to say the song including that james hetfield yeah no uh well they're all wrong i don't like track one i've never liked fight fire with fire i don't i think ride the lightning is their best album as a whole Start to finish. Fight Fire with Fire is the worst song on the record for me. I get it. Escape is probably the worst song on the record. I love Escape. It's my favorite song on the record. That's not true. Creeping Death probably is. But um, Fight Fire with Fire is the only song on that record that I skip. It's not a bad song. It's a good song, but the... It just doesn't do it for me, and I skip it. So I can't call Ride the Lightning a perfect record because I skip Fight Fire with Fire. But... Kill 'em All doesn't have necessarily bad songs, but I don't think they're all great. Master of Puppets does have songs that aren't up to par. Dude, I recently saw someone try to say Injustice for All was a perfect record. Dude, come on. Dude, stop. I love the lyrics to To Live Is To Die, but you don't listen to that song. Like, the, t the, the, the title track to Injustice for All, you're going to tell me you love all 10 minutes of that? You are full of garbage. <laughs> it's not a bad song, but come on, dude. Injustice for All is not a perfect record. I know I'm being a complete dick cheeseburger right now, um, but I truly do not think Metallica has a perfect record. And you, dude, hey, you're allowed to argue my argue against me, dude. I, I'm not. I'm not even trying to say that no one else thinks they do. I don't think they do. I don't think they do. Here's my question for you. Okay, I was just okay. So. Let me just throw this out. There was a record that came out this week that both of us are disappointed with. 
neither of us like the new metal church. Nah, neither one of us dislike it, but neither one of us really like the new metal church. We don't. I give Kurt a pass. They lost their singer. They replaced him. It's okay, man. I'm not going to ever hold it against you that I'm not a big fan of this record. I don't think that it's not a reflection of how much I love that band. It's just one of your weaker efforts, and that's and that's okay. But what's your opinion on The Dark? Would you say that's a perfect record? I'm just curious, man, because I know you and I both love the... By the way, I'm only saying this because I was just thinking about Metal Church. We both love that album. Um, yeah, maybe. Um, I'd have to, you know, I'd, let me look at the track list thing. Because yeah, it's one of those things where I can't think of it off the top of my head, you know? Uh, I gotta look it up. I gotta look it up. The Dark. Wow, that's a lot harder to find than I thought it would be. My library. There we go. The Dark. It's right there. Uh, and I didn't, it's Bricks, a weird one fire, to pick. I was just thinking about it, and they're like alphabetically like two people... They're 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 very close to Metallica in my, um, in my in my iTunes. I would say, yeah, maybe I guess yeah. I mean, it's it wouldn't be one of the first ones I'd think of, but it definitely is up there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it definitely would not be like oh, name a perfect record. Metal Church is the dark. But, you know, off the top of my head, if I'm remembering everything right, because it has been a while since I've listened to The Dark in its entirety. Um, I usually listen, you know, if, usually when The Dark comes on, it's like part of a mix and it's got like a ton of bricks, Start the Fire, Watch the Children Pray, The Dark. Um, those are my favorite songs on the album. But, um, yeah, it's if I remember right, I'd say it's a perfect album. I mean, it, it to me, it's, it's just that, uh, well, Metal Church is that band, right? Metal Church is that... They're they're so good and we all forget. Either we didn't know or we forgot. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I well, can I can I tell you I've never met anybody who said that they were their favorite band. Never once said <laughs> Metal Church is their favorite band. And what's crazy is because everyone who's ever actually listened to the, to the Dark feels the same way that we do. That it's like, oh my god, this is so good. I'm sorry, it's a random example. I didn't mean to put you on the spot with the Dark. I just saw it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I just, I, I scrolled up and saw it. Um, let me see. Let me, let me do some scrolling. Let me do some scrolling. I will say this. Another one yeah, is, go for it. and I was torn on this one because we, we criticize one of the songs on this album quite a bit, but truthfully and honestly, you you know me in terms of a riff can turn can turn my op opinion of a song. I'm gonna say "Demanufacture" is a perfect oh, album. Yeah, yes, yeah, and I, yes. I know we disagree because I think there's a track on it that ruins the whole record for me. I know "Dog we Day disagree. Sunrise." I know we disagree. I know "Dog Day Sunrise" is not the strongest track, but over time, I've learned to like that riff. The that riff actually like is a banger to me. And that makes up for the rest of the song. The rest of the song is being Dog Day Sunrise Every Day of My Life. That riff makes up for it, in my opinion. But I will say Demanufactured by Fear Factory is, in my opinion, a perfect album. It's close. I mean, 
it crossed the finish line by like a Vinny's Packer. <laughs> but it's close. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be a sea hair, right? Like, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I was going to say a sheet of paper, but I needed a smaller measurement, so I used Vinny. <laughs> well, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's like the Sopranos, they would say a sea hair. Yeah, uh, we, uh, we won't say the word. Um, can't understand normal thinking um, hair, but <laughs> that's okay too. Um, uh, well, I mean, I, I'm I'm trying to think. I'm trying to okay. So no, 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 no. And I and I know we disagree on that one because to me that track "Dog Day Sunrise" is a deal breaker for me because I think not only does it suck, but it stands out how bad it sucks. But again, that's an opinion, man. Can I ask one like, for you? That that that. What's that? Can I ask you one yeah, since you asked me one? Guess. Yeah. What do you think about mental health? Ah, uh, okay, hold on. <laughs> I, I know my gut instinct, but let me double check. Before I answer your question, I'm going to double check to make sure that I'm not lying to myself. Um, hold on. Oh, yeah, it's perfect in my opinion. There's not one. Tra- I know that we disagree on this. There is not one track on that song that I don't that album that I don't absolutely love. Loves a bitch being the best track on the record. <laughs> Loves a bitch, dude. I so, I love it. I'm all breathless. Come on, run for cover. They're all amazing. I love the whole record, start to finish. I will. I will proudly give Quiet Riot's Metal Health the Duff stamp of perfect record. There's a track on it you don't like, and I don't remember which one it is. Maybe it's more than one. Something tells me there's something on this record you don't like. Metal Health? Yeah, I swear to God, there's a track on there you don't like. Let me look. It's been a while. Let's see. There, There's... No, I mean... Loves a bitch is okay. Uh, that that's probably like, in my opinion, the the. Uh, but I do kind of like that song. Uh, Battle Axe is awesome. Uh, no, really and truthfully, I don't have a problem with anything. Don't want to let you go. That's it. Is that the song you don't? I knew. I was like, don't want to let you, you go. Something's money can't pay. You know, like, and again, I don't hate the song. It's I I have the same problem I have with Dog Day Sunrise in terms of I don't I, I it's like a really weak track to me and I know somebody's out there going come on but like Slickback Cadillac is actually it was on the, one of their first two albums I love that uh, song um, that was actually like I I, ha- I have their first two albums to be honest with you Metal Health is cool but there's a few tracks off of their first two albums that blow every anything on metal health out of the water. Now metal health as a composition, I think is the strongest thing they ever did. Um, but there's a couple tracks on those first two albums that, man, I would, uh, I'd put it up against anything on metal health. Uh, ki- like the song killer girls, killer girls, like that song. I'm like, dude, that should be your favorite song. Well, I, I, oh, easy I just, action, mostly because of that line. <laughs> I don't care if it's easy as long as it's cheap. You know, what easy I mean? as as I action. Pay, like I'll, I'll pay for it, but I ain't tipping. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, what about on, just let, the tip? 
hey, stop watching the clock, woman. <laughs> I paid for 15 minutes and I'm getting it. You know, quick visit, I'm taking it. But like, um, I don't know. Oh, man, mental health is, you know, it's weird. It's one of those records where like, oh, it's glam metal. I don't give a damn. It is an amazing album. Do you know who was good at this? Uh, let me ask you a question. Take a look. I want to. I want you to take real, a real quick look at two bands. Just like make you can just gloss over this. I don't expect you to like dive in track to track. You you you, you did you did quiet rides. I'm curious. Would you say Dokken did this, and would you say Rat did this? Because my answer is yes, more than once for both bands. Okay. Let me let me tell you what I mean. I think. Tooth and Nail and Under Lock and Key by Dawkin are flawless start to finish. I, I think there is not a weak track on either one. I, I mean, clearly I'm not counting an intro track. You know, like without warning, I get it as an intro track. That doesn't count as a bad song. That's an intro track to set the mood. I think... <laughs> set the mood. Uh, you know, well, it, 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 come on. It's kind of like I'm double jointed every finger and I can reach a spot that most men, most men can't. I get it. Like, you got to tease it a little bit. You know, like, prime it. Get, get it going. Like, I'm fine with that. But my point is, I think Tooth and Nail and Under Lock and Key are legitimately flawless start to finish. And I'm sorry that I'm going glam with this, but it's just the truth. I mean, I would be hard-pressed. I, I hate to say I'm going to go three. Out of the cellar, invasion of your privacy, dancing undercover, dude. They're flipping every time. They're every track on those three records. Give me a heavy metal hard on every one of them. Maybe like dancing undercover is probably their best record, but out of the cellar and invasion of your privacy, find a bad song. It does not exist. Find a find a song that find a weak track. Find a track that isn't great. They don't exist. They're that. I, I'm sorry. I think I don't think Rat and Dawkins are the best bands from the '80s. That's not what I mean. I'm saying Dawkins has two and Rat has at least two. Invasion of Privacy is or, or um, uh, Dancing Undercover is probably their best record. But maybe you don't love. But not every song is necessarily as memorable. Breaking the Chains, Under Lock and Key. Out of the cellar, invasion of your privacy. Find me a bad song that don't exist. I would be, I would be shocked if you could find, if you would be like, oh, I hate that song. Um, I mean, maybe man. I'm completely full of crap, it, it, and, and I don't mean to put you on the spot. I mean, like in my head, there's nothing. There's just nothing that is. Less than that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I, um, I just, I don't, I don't think there is. Um, okay, we, we, we're almost out of time. Let, let, let's take a look at a couple others. So, what can you think? Of? Is there anything else that you would be like, oh man, there we go. There, there's a, there's an album without a weak track. Well, let me, okay, let me ask you this: Is there an album? I'm sorry to put you on the spot. I know we didn't think about this in advance. Is there an album? Where you would call it a perfect record, like like for me, like okay, I'll give you an example. I always say "Ride the Lightning." I love the song "Escape." I get it; it's polarizing. Are there any records that you would say is a perfect record, despite the fact that there are tracks on it that maybe other people don't like? Uh, Am I gee, making that's... sense? Like, like, like maybe it's like, you're like, dude, I actually do like. I I actually do love every track on that record. I will I will give you an example that I have in my head. Okay, but I'm gonna let you. What, do you want me to give you mine? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I have mentioned before that there's a guy, his name is Doug. He's a classical composer, and he has a YouTube channel. I think I once was like, what is that guy? He doesn't, what is he doing with a YouTube channel? But he's a cool, uh-huh. it's a Daily Doug. He's a cool guy, and I, I love his approach to doing, like, reaction videos and stuff. He recently did a reaction video to the entire Images and Words records by Dream, the entire Images and Words record by Dream Theater. First of all, it was really interesting how often he pointed out how the keyboards on the record were not complicated, meaning he was like, wow, he's like, it's so weird hearing Dream Theater write songs where the keyboards are just complimentary to the record as opposed to, yeah, as opposed, as opposed to Jordan Rudis showing off. Kevin Moore, yeah, they played Nod Time Signatures, and Kevin Moore did hard stuff. But Kevin Moore played piano and keyboards in a way that accented the song and made them sound good, as opposed to Jordan Rudis, who just <laughs> makes it wank. <laughs> but I am on the road. I am in the group of people who love every song on Dream Theater's Images and Words. Love them all. And that is like that is not necessarily a terribly popular opinion. Opinion. I mean, I will always maintain the fact that Dream Theater in the 90s versus Dream Theater now. No, that's not true. Dream Theater before Jordan Rudis and Dream Theater after Jordan Rudis are two different things. With Jordan, it's wank. Before Jordan, it was songs. I'm sorry. Screw you. I know they have a couple of, like, As I Am is a great song. They got a few, but for the most part, it's wank. Images and Words by 1992 standards was super complicated, but there is not a track on Images and Words that doesn't have a hook and a melody. I think, like, songs like Wait for Sleep, you know, images and words you're running. It, it, it's an amazing, th- dude, it's literally piano and James Labrie singing. It's amazing. I I love the record. I think uh, Take the Time is great. Surrounded gives me chills the way that James, James Labrie sings it. Learning to Live is one of the best songs Dream Theater ever wrote. Metropolis Part 1 was their first foray into, holy holy crap, we're going to show you how crazy we can get, but still make it listenable. Pull Me Under was the song that broke them. Uh, Dream Theater put out Another Day and Take the Time, thinking that those would be the singles. And then they put out Pull Me Under, and that became the hit. And then we're like, what's funny is the two radio-sounding songs were not the hit, Pull Me Under, which was way heavier, was the hit. Um, but I love every track on it. And I'm not, I, dude, it's a very well-regarded album. Pretty sure it's their biggest album of all time. Pull Me Under is their biggest song of all time, clearly. But I hear a lot of people say, like, songs like Wait for Sleep or Surrounded. I mean, Under a Glass Moon's amazing. But, like, to me, dude, there's not a second of that record that I don't love. And I will say this a million times, man. Dream Theater has bored me since Metropolis Part 2. They're just wanking. I don't dig it. But Images and Words is just a record that to this day grabs me and like it pulls me in and I love every second of it. But I'm not entirely. Okay, look, there's Dream Theater fanboys out. I'm taking out the Dream Theater fanboys. The Dream Theater, like there's Metallica fanboys. It doesn't matter what Metallica puts out. They'll like it. There are Dream Theater fanboys that because John Petrucci played on the record, they're going to love it. I just think the average person who loves this sort of stuff, thinking of it, objectively saying, look, I'm not loving my love. Like, it's not my love for Dream Theater that I love this record. This record is why I love Dream Theater, not the other way around. 
I don't love this record because I'm a Dream Theater fan. I'm a Dream Theater fan because I love this, Awake, and A Change of Seasons. Those records made me a Dream Theater fan. I'm not saying I'm better than anybody else, but that's, I mean, it's the other way around. So anyway, images and words for me. Not everybody likes that whole record. I do. I love it. I think Take the Time is an amazing song. Dude, Surra- I'm serious. Like Songs like Surrounded and Wait for Sleep and Under a Glass Moon. I, I, I do. I love them. But I, that's, that's probably not the popular opinion to anybody who doesn't love it because they feel they need to. But that's all I'm saying. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, off the top of my head, I can't think of anything. Like, I can't think of any specific example um, of what you're talking about because... Well, no, I know one. Okay. Uh, Countdown to Extinction. <laughs> no, no, let, let, no, can we be that's completely true. fair? No, you're, you're Countdown absolutely to Extinction. right. You're absolutely and actually, right. Actually, I can think of two. I can think of two. But You're Countdown right. to Extinction is a great example of is it a perfect record or does Psychotron ruin it? No, Psychotron does not ruin it. No, dude. I mean, like, look, I like a way. I you know like why? escape. Do you know why? Yeah. Because Psychotron is part bionic and organic, but he's not a cyborg. You call him Psychotron. <laughs> like. Okay, so, well, okay, can I ask you the two then? Okay. So there's two, in my opinion. Um, Like, okay, so that's the first one. Here's the second one. Um, Chaos AD. Chaos AD has one. Which one's on Chaos AD? Biotech is Godzilla! But see, I, I don't know if I consider... I don't know if I'd ever consider Chaos AD a perfect well, album. Well, but dude, though. if you listen to Chaos AD, it's like, oh my god, this is a great record. All I mean, but that is a straight up. Well, okay, maybe this is not a perfect record conversation as a divisive song conversation. Is that a divisive song? Hell yeah. Yes. I mean, at least I wasn't a band who wore predator masks and named our named our band something that rhymes with it. True. For anybody who knows who we're talking about, we're talking about them. But like. I don't that okay well okay that's a divisive song well escapes in a divisive a divisive a divisive song biotech is Godzilla well okay can you think of anything else maybe not on the perfect records can you think of any other songs that are like that are divisive like that I mean escape is probably the I mean there's probably no example of a heavy metal song that is more divisive than that one and I know it's because they're Metallica right but it really there is no song in metal that is more right down the middle of love it or hate it. I mean, I mean can you th- I can't think of anything to that level. But can you think of anything else that way? Like are there are there like Biotech is Godzilla's got to be divisive. I know. Like I thought that song was stupid since I first heard Chaos AD in whatever mid 90s. It's stupid. I think Psychotron is stupid. Let's be fair. I, I I could probably go back and listen to it and not think it's stupid anymore. But I always thought it was. I always thought it was stupid. He's Godzilla. He's Godzilla. Well, part of it is the fact that Sepultura. Uh, can I ask you a question? Is yes. Sepultura like the greatest example of an amazing band that you can't take seriously? Because 
I struggled with that, man. I always like, 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 dude. I think Beneath the Remains in the world of Thrash, dude. Beneath the Remains is pretty damn awesome. Chaos AD is pretty damn awesome. But is it just the accent? Is it their poor skills in English or something about it that it's just I I could never take them terribly seriously. Uh, and then I mean, then then they put Roots out. It's like, well, yeah, these guys suck. But there was always a weird sense of like I struggle with this. Um, but I'm wondering if there's anything else that that divisive. I don't know. But okay, so do you have any? Uh, we're almost out of time. We're we're pretty much out of time. Like. I mean, dude, like, concept records are easy, right? Like I said, like, Seven Son of a Seven Son, find a bad song. Find a weak track on Operation Mindcrime, you're not going to do it. If you hate Queensryche and you go into it not liking Queensryche, it's not going to work, honestly. But if you are, if you'd like Queensryche, you're not going to find a weak track on that record. Uh, realize this is contingent on the fact that you like the band and like the record. This is more about the fact that it's a band and a record you like and there's not a song that brings it down. Operation Mindcrime... There's not a song that brings that record down. Um, and I don't think I'm alone saying that. I, I'm pretty sure that that's kind of like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty good across the board. No, it's like, I mean, come on, concept records are like, like that, right? If a concept record is good, it's probably good all the way through. I mean, like, you're, there's not a weak track on the wall. You know, there's not a weak track on Tommy. There's not a weak track on Streets. Because they all work together. It makes a little bit more sense. Um so anyway, before we duck out of here, is there anything else you can think of? They're like, yeah, there is a, there's a big flim florin filth example of a perfect record. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because like I could probably think of a dozen of them if I wasn't like being put, if I wasn't like on the spot. You know what I mean? Um, perfect. I mean, looking over at my vinyl, my vinyl wall right now. Um, you know, there's a couple typo negatives that I would consider perfect records. Um, I definitely would consider World Coming Down perfect record. Now, of course, the the like interludes and and all that stuff. You know, I'm talking about like the sound effects tracks. I'm talking actual songs, uh, and, and those sound effects tracks actually are lead-ins to songs. Um, and then also, um, uh, not only World Coming Down. But, um, um, oh my God, I'm having a brain hiccup. Of course I'm having a brain hiccup right now. I'm not, oh my God. What was the question? No, I'm, I'm thinking of the other typo negative. It's the album, oh my God. Dead Again, October. Dead Again. Right, no, 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 life is killing me. Life is killing life me. Life is killing me. Life yeah. is killing me, I consider a perfect record. Um, It's got, there's not a single bad track on it, in my opinion. Again, there are the little like kind of instrumental like I really want to say instrumental, but they're like sound effects tracks that go into other tracks like, um, you know, there's the uh, drunken Paris that goes into the dream is dead. Just like on World Coming Down before they play um, before they play uh, uh, they play long before Pilot Runner Blaze and all that other stuff. You know, there, there's those little tracks in there, but, you know, I think those two albums are absolutely perfect. Well like I, I again, I gotta hold the the same standards with those records and realize there's tracks that set the mood, even if they're just like the the you know the bad ground, you know what I mean? Like even if the first track is just them trying to screw with you, it sets the mood, man. 
You know what I mean? Dude. It's the same as an intro track on a Cradle of Filth record. It sets the mood. I that's told cool. you. There's I not told a song you, on it that's weak. You know, I told you that um, the the funniest thing ever was they got me. They got me. On World Coming Down, you know how the first track is Skip It? And you put it in your CD player and it's dead, 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 dead. It sounds like your CD is skipping. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I expected, because I'd been listening to this album for since it came out. You know, I've been listening to this album for what? Like 20, 20 years now. 20 plus years. Almost 24. And I expected to hear Skip It. So instead of Skip It, the next track starts. And then my record skips. Like it goes... And I'm like, oh crap! Did I get a faulty vinyl? Because I got I got these from Revolver. Like they're handling a lot well, of well. Let's be fair. Like I bought the black album last year, and it skipped for crap. It skipped well, and, all over and the it's vinyl place, exactly. It's vinyl. There there is QC issues with vinyl. So I, I literally am like, oh crap! Because I waited. I these albums were delayed for a year for a year or more. I ordered them in January of 2021. I just got them like maybe about four months ago. It was over a year. So I'm like, oh my God, I hope they have extra. And then the song starts playing and I'm like, you sons of bitches got me. They changed it for the vinyl. They changed skip it for the vinyl. So it would actually fit the vinyl. It's those little details. And to me, I'll admit bad ground did the same thing. Yeah, bad ground, like especially on a especially on a stereo now. When I'm like, "Damn it, you piece of crap! What is going on?" Oh, stupid typo negative. <laughs> womp, yeah, womp, you know, like like. like okay, but but, dude, but what, changed, what, what screwed me up for skip it was the fact they actually changed the song for the medium. You know what I mean? Like like instead of a CD skipping, you heard a vinyl skip. On a CD, you heard the CD skip. So for me, and it set the mood because yes, typo negative has a lot of songs like they're serious and you know like you know I know that my world is coming down. And when I say serious, they're always tongue in cheek, but I mean they're not always like guar. You know what I mean? They're not constantly telling jokes, but their songs are all meant to be tongue in cheek. But but it sets the mood for typo negative because <clears throat> if you ever watch their commentary on their live on their live DVD. It's the funniest thing in the world because they're all just sitting there making fun of Peter. They're like, dude, the sweat stain in your shirt keeps getting bigger with every song. <laughs> like and that that's the band. You know, like Peter was all he had a great sense of humor. He was so he was supposed to have been like the funniest guy. I mean, yeah, he had his problems. But Type O always looked and presented themselves like these dark, goth, depressing, whatever but they were hilarious. Seriously. Oh my god, no, they were they were straight up hilarious. Like I, it was crazy. I, it's crazy how funny those guys were because well, well, the best part of it, I mean, how many times have we said if you once you know, you know. Once you realize that type of negative songs were half the time a complete joke, way better that's why like you can call it a perfect record even though there's an album there's a track on there just to screw with your stereo because that really is telling you guys this is funny this is funny this is tongue-in-cheek i mean you got like they, they have a record where i mean like peter Steele literally calls someone a hua <laughs> like in a song they have a fake fire drill like they're that 
fun. So yeah, dude, I don't count moot. Well, come on, dude. I, I mean, again, I'm aware that they're one of the most divisive bands in heavy metal. Have been since day one, and I mentioned them a little bit earlier. Legitimately, and you can agree, you're going to agree with me on this. One of the most divisive bands in heavy metal is Cradle of Filth. Because people who love them, love them, and everyone else tries to say they're posers for it. Like, Cradle of Filth is an amazing, amazing band. And if you can find a bad track on Midian, I don't know who the hell you're, I don't know where you, you're, where you found it. Now, if you don't like Cradle of Filth, you don't like Cradle of Filth. Find me a bad track on Midian. The only track on Midian that you might want to say, well, it's not great. It's a satanic mantra. But again, it's a mood track. It's not a song. Well, let's be fair. Find a bad track on Cruelty and the Beast. It's not going to happen either. But, like, come on, dude. And I know you're not the Cradle of Filth fan I am, but you love Midian. Like, you're like, dude, Midian is great. And good luck finding a weak track on it. But that band is divisive as all hell. That band is divisive as all hell. Anyway. So, all right. So, we've been at this for a little while. I have a lot more drinking to do. Because you like drinking? Ah, you like yeah, drinking. Yeah, you like drinking. Don't? Who the hell don't? So, it's about time we get out of here. And that's fine. You know? And that's fine. But seriously, thanks for. I, I know we just we we kind of. I don't even know if we really hit any of the three kind of topics we were talking about. I don't know if we hit them per se, but we kind of had a lot of fun. Anyway, this is great. This is great. I'm so glad that we did this tonight, and I want to thank everybody for listening. Last night, last week was a little off the rails. This week was. I don't know. I had fun. You know, this wasn't completely wonky silliness, but it was fun, and I'm glad we did it. So anyway. Um, I want to tell you, seriously, and I mean this, and I say this every episode, but I mean it. Go to our, our, our Facebook page at the Heavy Metal Hangover. Same with Instagram, the Heavy Metal Hangover. Go to our OnlyFans, joking. Um, but <laughs> you don't want that. <laughs> yeah, you don't. Trust me. Pip, Pip, put the monster away, you know? Um, you, you Go find us. Message us. Tell us what you want us to listen to. Give us ideas. We, we really do. We listen to this stuff. We've said from day one, there's a bunch of bands. Dude, I got into Beast in Black because someone... Dude, I, oh, my God. Talk about a record that I listen to constantly. Beast in Black was a was a listener pick. Like, there's so many bands that we're so appreciative that people sent to us. And, and Rex and I do the let's get each other to listen to something for that same reason. Because we love being having stuff thrown at us. So do it. Go to our Facebook and Instagram at the Heavy Metal Hangover. Give us album recommendations. Tell us stuff you want us to listen to. Send us pic naked pictures of your old lady. Do whatever you need to do, but reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. I always give the disclaimer that I am not on social media very much. I don't use it very often. Nine times out of ten, if you want to get a hold of me, Rex will be like, hey, Duff, dude, someone's trying to get a hold of you. They're talking about boobies or fate's warning. Like, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, literally, he'll tell me to go, okay, that's cool. And I'll do it. But... Otherwise, we just want to hear from you in general. Just don't be offended if I don't get right back to you. It's because Rex can't be expected to follow it all the time, and I just don't do it. Um, I really, I very rarely go on our social media. But that doesn't mean we, want to, we, want to, we don't want to hear it from you. We do. It just might take a little while to respond. However, I'm 
we're just glad you're here with us again. You know, the first season was a thing that happened, but the second season, we're on episode, what, like 35? This is coming along. I feel like those of you who loved the old show, I hope we're giving you a little of it back without going off the rails again. Anybody new, I'm glad you're with us. I hope this is a lot of fun for you. You know, hey, we say this a million times. We don't take ads. We don't take sponsors. We we won't make any money off this. We do it our own way, and that's just the way it is. And it's not because of artistic integrity. It's because Rex and I both have good jobs, and we don't want another one. Uh, well, <laughs> this wouldn't be a good job. This would just be a job. But anyway, so thank you so much for listening. I'm ready to get out of here and drink some more. Rex, I think you're ready to get out of here, too. So that being said, yes. my name is Tom. My name is Rex. And we'll see you again next week on another episode of the Heavy Metal Hangover. Congratulations for actually making it all the way through this episode of the Heavy Metal Hangover. With your beer-guzzling, head-banging hosts, Rex and Dunn.